Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of the Racing with Ryan podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stevens. Joining me today is the super spotter herself, Margo Sterling. How you doing? Hey there. Hi. You hanging in there? Yeah. She actually got to uh, to be a spotter at uh, the charity event over at Auburndale, which turned into the charity marathon, which this whole show is going to be about the racing at Auburndale because they gave us enough content that that's all we need. We could make three shows out of the caution laps. That in the space in between and this and that and everything else. And that, the, I mean, there, there, there was enough stuff that happened in the races, which, which we're going to get into each race here individually Oh, and, and talk Maybe about I should have gone back to Speedway Video and watched them. You should have done what now? Gone, sorry, I just said that in the middle of a yawn. Maybe I should have gone back to Speedway Video and watched them. Yeah, big thank you to Tom for coming out, being willing to come out and film this event. And um, now that I can actually hear you in my headphones. I was like, normal. man, I know I'm talking. No, that that's why I'm like, wait a minute. I, I heard her. It's picking you up. But anyway, now that the, uh, now the show's back on rails... We have a full show of content from the Auburn Hills Speedway here this weekend. They had nine feature events, um, which featured like a season's worth of action for some tracks. So there's no shortage of things to talk about. Um, we have a good friend of ours, Jack Hall, lined up. Who? Uh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Jay Hall. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Jack Hall is going to be joining us here in the middle of the show. So what we're going to do, we're kind of going to split this up a little bit. We're going to do the first half of the program. And then we'll talk to Jack uh, because, unfortunately, Jack was pretty much only able to participate in about half the program. So um, <laughs> we're going to talk to him. <laughs> I didn't even have to say it. Um, I, I, I mean, I guess when when your littlest, biggest fan goes, be safe out there and the best oh, thing. Oh, he you was safe out there the for best, sure. Yeah. Some weren't. We'll Mission accomplished-ish. So we're going to break this down into a couple different segments. Um, but, yeah, we're going to focus mostly on Auburndale. There's no around the state. There's really no NASCAR. Um, we're winding down this year's uh, racing season. And uh, before we get into – I know everybody – what does Heather say? She hates small talk. They can hate small talk all they want. Guess what, y'all? You're literally listening to somebody talk. And we're kind of small, so um, – Speak for yourself. We're getting to the end of the season here, so I just wanted to give everybody an update on the show schedule for the rest of the year. So, of course, we have this show. Ain't none. Next week, we're going to do a very special show, a different show. Uh, it'll be the first ever Racing with Ryan podcast awards where we look back through the entire season and we hand out some awards that mean absolutely nothing except for your entertainment. So, oh. um I can't wait to see the booty tickle. Oh, well, listen, if you guys get offended by what happens on this show, just do better. I mean, you know, if uh, you don't give us anything to talk about, we're not going to talk about you. So, um, Or go crawl back under the rock and cry, whichever. Or, or that. But also know that if things happen, we're probably going to talk about it. So just prepare yourself. Anyway, um, yeah, so we're going to do the Racing with Ryan podcast awards next week, a different show. Um, we're just going to have fun with that. And then during Christmas week, listen, we're not recording anything. Um, I'm not a big fan of the Christmas season, but I do enjoy Christmas day and, you do? uh, I enjoy the day. I hate, win. I hate the season, but I like the day. Um, so we're going to take, uh, we're going to take that time off 
And then we'll come back uh, the first week in January, bring a normal show, and then we'll have the red eye, and then we'll just roll right on through because the racing will pick back up. So that's the plans. I get a week. Enjoy your week. Enjoy it. I'm not going to be able to. Hello, you just posted my phone number on Facebook. Well, you wanted to get involved with stuff, and here you are. When you get involved with stuff, you get involved. Well, I mean, when the boss tells you to do something, you do it, right? Yeah, he's the guy that pays the bills. That's right. So that's what's going on. Let's dive into the show. Let's recap what happened over at Auburndale. Uh, First of all, thank you to Steve for having us out there. Um, I asked him when we did the Orlando Crash Rama. I was like, hey, do you need help for the charity race? And um, he's got a producer that he works with for normal shows. And um, he was kind of like, well, you know, if if I can, in, quote unquote, get rid of them, maybe I can have you guys in. And um, I, I just, I, I've done this charity race the last couple of years and it's always a good time. Um, it's usually good racing. And I, I just, I kind of want to keep being a part of it. So I, I asked and he was able to get uh, me in there and that was super cool. I mean, it was Steve's show, 100%. I was just there to add to it and enjoy it which we did. And then Matt got to hop on the microphone and I actually got to meet Matt Nyer from Showtime for the first time, other than through a TV screen. So that was uh, super nice and a uh, very nice guy and had a good time announcing the races with him that uh, Steve wasn't able to announce. So um, honestly, the first time I've worked with, I thought it sounded like somebody else was up there with you. And I know Matt, I knew Matt was like supposed to be coming, but I didn't yeah. realize that they had three microphones because really they have like half a microphone. At Auburndale? Well, that was the first time I've ever done like a three-person booth for certain points of it. And <laughs> there was a couple moments where we all looked at each other like, who's going to talk? And, I'm, and I was like pointing at Matt and I'm like, hey, talk. And then Steve would talk and I'm like, oh, never mind, never mind. Did you have the, the yeah, thing Because I, like, I was in the middle, so I was doing the the hand things. And I like there was some, some silence. I'm like, I want to talk, but I've done enough talking. Matt, somebody talk, somebody talk. Um, What's his face from the office then? Dwight. No, it's not Dwight that does the finger the, the finger pointing. It's the world's best okay boss, not Rob. Michael Scott. Dad guy. Okay. I don't know. I okay. wanted to say Mike Scott. But my Mike Scott Plumbing. Yeah. Mike Scott Plumbing, you owe us five dollars. I did I did just read Mike Scott Plumbing, so that's probably where I got that from. But no, it was it was a lot of fun and um it, it was a really enjoyable night, albeit a long night. And it was good to meet, like I said, good to meet Matt. Awesome to work with Steve again. And I'm hoping, now, obviously, if Steve's like, dude, get the hell out of my booth. You know, I'm going to do the charity race myself next year. Get the hell out of my booth. I don't know. Your girlfriend's spotting and has got a kid strapped to her and another one pulling her at her feet. Maybe go help her out. Shit. We had, you had <laughs> one kidding. kid strapped to you. We had another kid uh, sleeping in the back of the, the booth because <sighs> it was like midnight. Steve's were like, get these kids out of here. But Steve is, Steve's like the most easygoing guy. And he's just the dad jokes you guys were telling me. Oh, listen, after it got to be like one o'clock and the Crown Vicks were still racing, we just kind of, and we're going to address that at the end. We're going to say the Crown Vicks for the end because um, we have a lot to talk about there. Um, So, yeah, let's uh, let's get on into it and recap what was a revamped charity race weekend at the Auburn Hill Speedway. And I got to say, what did you think of, of, of the format? Normally, this has been like a, a two-week or a two-day show. Not two-week. <laughs> God, it felt like a two-week show. A two-day show. Did you like the one-night condensed format? 
No, because they still made it a damn two-day <laughs> show. They did. They did. It did end up being two days. Uh, did um, you? Did- I didn't mind it. I feel like the... F- I'm sorry. I'm going to piss somebody off. I don't care. I feel like the 45-minute pomp and circumstance that was not even anywhere on the schedule. It was just intermission. It probably really wasn't 45 minutes, but my God, it felt like 45 years. The and I only- realized that they have to tell the story. They have to... Dr- pull at the heartstrings to get the money. That's how charity works. It's fine. Do it before the race. Yeah, that would be my suggestion. Like, we're um, there all freaking day. If you're going to open the grandstands at 4 o'clock, do all this... I'm sorry. Do all the, the tear-grabbing. Yeah, which I, I think it's important that Kim gets to speak and introduce everybody, but that, in my opinion, next year... And this is just constructive criticism. Um, it is not... Oh, they shouldn't do... Do that after qualifying or do that. Uh, like opening ceremonies was a uh, Steve did the prayer, play the national anthem, and then we race. I mean, do you it could during do that. opening ceremonies. Yeah. Start that shit an hour early. Opening ceremonies, five o'clock. Because uh, again, this weekend was for charity and they raised a crap ton of money. That 50 50, uh, that was, was another, that's another story that'll $3, save for later. Yeah, which uh, that aggravated me. The, the, the girl they sent up there goes, hey, I just want to tell you, the pot is at $3,000. And I'm like, oh, the pot or the giveaway? And she goes, it's at $3,000. And I, I looked at her again and said, is that how much we're giving away or is that how much has been collected total? And she goes, no, that's the giveaway. I'm like, okay, so that's how much the person will take home that wins the 50-50? And she goes, yes. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to tell everybody that it's 3000 to win right now. And she goes, yes. And then I say, wow, that's a lot of money because that Can means I- they... It's like $6,000. Let me just let you know something. Polk County. Yeah, but there's a lot of people there. Stupid. Anyways, it was $3,000 total, not $3,000 to give away. And that's what I specifically asked three times before I announced it. Somebody else came running up. No, no, no. That's how much we raised total. I'm like, all right, I'll fix it. You have to pretend you're talking to our six-year-old when you're talking to these people. Some of them. But anyway. Some of them, yes. That was just a little hiccup, but... Um, but I mean, half the time the fifty-fifty people are like high schoolers. This one, I know it wasn't, but the normal oh, the normal girl wasn't there this year. The one that's been there the last couple of years. That that's why that's why I'm the glad message. You pay enough attention to the fifty-fifty girl to know the normal one wasn't there. Took me took me till just now to realize. But um, did that she would post ex- a fire picture on Facebook? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't know if she has Facebook. Um, <laughs> But no, that that would be why I didn't get the correct information. But um, in my opinion, I like the format. I like the features only. I think adding the extra laps on a night like this where there's nine features is probably unnecessary going forward. I think you'd get a better race with a 25-lap feature versus a 30-lap feature in most instances. Yes? Yes. Mm -hmm. If we're going to keep doing twin 50s for the, the late models and the, oh, my God, what does he want at this hour? Oh, I don't know. Sorry. I'm going to ignore that. <laughs> um, if if we're going to do twin 50s for late models and trucks and it's they're going to continue on with their catastrophic calamity corner of a race, can we count caution laps? Because that shit would have been over in 20 minutes. No, you can't count caution laps. Can't oh, do it. Dumb. Can't do it. So, dumb. in my opinion, I really like the format. I think some of the races overstayed their welcome i know there's a time limit 
with certain races. Apparently that not. And I don't think in some cases that was followed per se. Um, there, there was another instance, which again, I'm going to say to the end of the show that I have to talk about and have to bring up. You, you know what I'm talking about. You were in the tower when it happened. I probably don't care enough. Anyways, let's get into the first part of the review here, and then we will hear from a competitor from the charity race, Mr. Jack Hall. Starting with Margot's favorite division, the Mini Cups. Did you have Dawson watch the Mini Cups? No. Why not? He loves the Mini Cups. I was doing things. Like what? Watching him run up and down a hill and trip on purpose. That sounds that sounds like a lot of fun. He um, got to sit in one. And he's like, "All right, this is cool." This was the best field of mini cups I've ever seen. There was ten of them, which I know that's not saying a whole lot, but normally, what when we go to Auburn, there's like what four or five. Yeah. This time there was ten. Yay! It was a good field. Um, the the typical, you know. Fast car starting in the back thing happened. Tyler Akers came from 10th on the grid and was in the lead by, like, lap three. Um, there was a couple of spins, a couple of little dosy does, but nothing real major. Uh, <laughs> were they spinning their partners around and around? They were. There, there was that one incident. I can't remember who it was. I'm not totally familiar with a lot of these guys. But um, there, there was... There was a spinoff turn four that involved two cars, and they kind of did the little tandem spin. It's kind of funny. Synchronized spinning. But the mini cup feature went to Tyler Akers. Kendall Wheeler was in second. And from what I heard, uh, Kristen Clements was in that 22 pro truck. He finished second both times. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Uh, Kendall Wheeler is supposed to be moving up into that truck. So I guess Kristen was shaking it down. So a little inside information for you. Cool. Uh, Daisy Fuller was third, Russell Bush, fourth, Tegan Briggs, Carson Holt, Lilia Fuller. Lila. Thank you, Lila Fuller. Lily Faramay, Jace Gattle. How do you read that as Lilia? It's literally L-Y. I don't know, dude. Listen, it's, when, when it gets, I, I can do this fine when I'm in the booth. When, it, when I get to do this on the show, I can't read anybody's they damn name. They literally spelt it out for you. L-I-Y-L-A. Lila. That looks like Lilia to me. Seriously. L-I-Y would make a lie sound. La. Lila. Lilia would have the Y after the second L. Look, I think I have a mild form of dyslexia. Sweetheart. Yeah. I have an actual form of dyslexia, and I can read that. So maybe I have a major form of it. (laughs) I think you're just an idiot. (laughs) That could very well be, too. Um, Jay's... Gal at all. How do you say that, babe? Can you move your white claw can so I can see it? Galatolo? Galatolo. Galatolo. You can read that, but not Lila. <laughs> oh, God. Jace, what is it? Jace Galatolo was ninth, and Jerry Franklin was 10th, rounding out the field. Pretty solid field of mini cups. Um, <laughs> We'll save that for later. We'll save that for later. We'll save that for later. Oh, my God. Just uh, something. The <laughs> they spelled Bray wrong. It's B-R-E-Y. The Scrambler Race. Let's talk about that. Scrambler Race was pretty good. It's nice to see some of the new Smarter guys out there. CJ rolled in at, like, 6 Sucked. o'clock. Sucked. No, he got roughed up. Sucked. CJ got roughed that up. That 95. 
Kirkland? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That they used the chrome horn all the way up on CJ's little booty. Excuse me? <laughs> on his his race car's no, little booty. No, ma'am. Booty. No, ma'am. <laughs> on his race car's little booty. No. No, we're not ever going to we're no. That's that's I'm sorry to all of our sponsors. I apologize in advance for using that kind of language on the show. It was nice to see some of the new Smyrna guys <laughs> tow out. He drove through CJ. He drew through his what? <laughs> his ass. Okay. That's better. That is the kind of thing he our sponsors want to hear. boofed him. All right. Um, Aaron Foy, James Matthew, and CJ Creech were out there. Uh, a couple of our <laughs> fast forwards booty. from the new Smyrna Speedway. And, of course, Steve Darling was out there. You know, when I asked With his Steve, mediocrely charging... Cobalt Cavalier. Cavalier. Cobalt Cavalier. I'm going to bed. Sorry, Steve. Margo's trying to, like, make jokes, and she's picking on you at this point. So if you ban her from the tower, I completely Oh, darn. Whatever will I do? When I asked Steve, I was like, hey, would you be interested in having us out for the the charity race? He goes, well, like, you know, I got my producer in this, but if you come out, that means I could race. And I'm like, well, make it happen. And Steve was able to race... He ran pretty good. He was in contention for a top five for much of the event. Started on the pole. And he was the slowest car in practice, but yet he was very competitive in the race. Like, surprisingly He wasn't the slowest car in practice. Yes, he was. CJ was. Well, he didn't practice. Exactly. <laughs> but he was the slowest car that practiced. And yet Steve did pretty good. I was expecting Steve to, like, pull over and let everybody go and just putz around and be like, see, I told you I was going out there, but Steve did a good job. He did. Almost, almost. <laughs> Jesus, Margo, be nice. Steve is nice to us. Would you please please be nice? Might be a potential sponsor soon. I forgot what joke you made in the town. I made I made a Randy Anderson joke that about broke Steve. And it wasn't anything actually against Randy Anderson. But Steve was like, oh, he chose the high side. And I'm like, good luck making it stick. I've never seen it happen before. And Steve's just like, oh. I'm like, oops. I said that. There you go. I'm not used to say, I have never seen Randy Anderson choose the high side. That's all. Anyways. So anyways, back to the scramblers here. Um, they had a wild moment about lap four or five. Like in the middle of the pack, there were three and four wide. This was all behind Steve. So thankfully Steve wasn't in the middle of it. Um, but Dustin Kirkland was in the middle of it. Zach Dees was in the middle of it. Uh, Alan Roberts hit the wall. It, it was it was wild. They were like three and four wide. They were wrecking, but nobody actually got turned around until Alan Roberts had something break in the right front, and he hit the wall. Yeah. Caution came out, and then... Uh, they were all like, Steve, Steve, I don't... I don't. <laughs> I'm Jesus. done. I'm done, sorry. I'm so glad we're almost at the end of the season. This is crazy. Um, when the dust actually settled, though, it was Bill Witherington, who we've talked about a lot on this podcast, going around the state. Uh, he took the victory over Bubba Healy, who led early but faded late. Bray Ganey, who won the championship, finished third with a blown motor. So that's pretty impressive. And uh, Dustin Kirkland, who wrecked in that big scrum that we talked about, he finished fourth. Aaron Foy, representing New Smyrna, he finished in the fifth position. James Matthews was sixth. And Steve Darling did settle for seventh. Bob, uh, yeah, Bob Durham was eighth. Joe Kleitz was ninth. And our good buddy... CJ rounding out the top 10. Um, is there. Jimmy McLeod the one that you made the McLeod of Smoke joke? 
Um, no, I think that was in the Vic race because there was a McLeod in the... Yeah, that was in the Vic race. There was a McLeod in the Vicks as well. I'm going to need you to bring that joke back for several other... Like De, uh, De, Devin B, McLeod. BJ McLeod when he B, goes up in a McLeod of smoke. Every, every Sunday <laughs> afternoon. Yep. Sorry. Uh, what else happened early in the show that we can talk about? Let's talk about super late model race number one. First of all, a good field of super lates for this. Uh, this is the first time the super lates, in recent memory anyways, uh, have been part of the charity race weekend. I think they were a good draw. Um, to get 18 cars at this time of year, end of the season, snowball derby just happened. It'd be real easy for these super lates to stay home. But yet, they got 18 cars. They were missing one or two of the regulars, too. So there could have easily been 20, but there's 18. Um, really solid field. There's only like two cars there that were in the way. The 48. Yeah. Which we'll get to later. And? The 37. Bill Shea. Cool. He didn't even start the second race. And I'm not picking on Bill. There, I'm... I'm just giving you the quality of the field. Um, it was a good field. Yeah. It was made clear in qualifying that Chase Lovelady was going to be tough to beat. And sure enough, he was able to get up to the front and win race number one ahead of TJ DeCare. Now, this is where I, I know you put out a thing because you want to get some feelers on this. That was the second race. Was it the second race? No, it was the no, first one. No, it was one. the first one. So let me ask you, what is your, now that you've had time, you've seen the replay, you've heard some people's opinions, what I happened? I didn't hear anybody's opinion. Nobody would nobody would argue it because I know that So in, in your nobody mind, what happened? would even give me their opinions. So TJ DeCare and Steve Dora got together going around a lap car off of turn two. DeCare climbed over the front of Steve Dora's car. In your mind, what happened? TJ DeCare overdrove. Now... Let me say this before y'all all, everybody in the world that hates Steve Dorr simply for his existence, I'm going to say this. I don't care about either of them. Don't have an opinion on either of them. Don't care. Yes, Steve Dorr and TJ DeCare were both bouncing off of each other's doors. Had one not bounced a little too hard and overcorrected when he hit the grass, he could have kept driving through turn two and passed cleanly. But instead, he decided to use the pretty green and white number one of Steve Dorer as his own personal grinding rail. And any but, I'm sorry, I will take this to my grave. Everybody at Auburndale will cheer and clap and fuck and mother F Steve door purely for his existence. Mm -hmm. If somebody did this, okay, I have nothing against Bray Holmes. I actually like Bray Holmes. Mm -hmm. Bray Holmes beat down Steve Dora's doors for absolutely no reason. And there were people behind me laughing and cheering. If Steve door did that to literally anybody else, it would be mother F this mother F that Steve door can't well, drive. Steve door has that reputation. Remember what he did to Nick Neary at four seventeen last Who year? cares? Well, people obviously care. It was a big deal. Okay. It's apparently carried over. And then it's, so. but then it's wrong if people say that this person didn't necessarily do something wrong. So then I'll ask, does two wrongs make a right? No. Okay. Uh, I was just as pissed off about the Steve Dorr Nick Neary thing. I like Nick Neary. He's actually one of my favorite drivers in the state of Florida. But so many people will sit there. Oh, this person does nothing wrong. Meanwhile, Steve Dorr literally pulls into a racetrack and people start talking shit about him. I mean, that is true, but 
What reputation does TJ DeCare have right Look now? at the reputation George Gorham has and the following he has. Do you know who backs Steve Dorr? Steve Dorr. And who backs George Gorham? Everybody. Everybody. I like George Gorham. But I'm just saying. These people, like, there are so many people, and I, oh, I see it at Auburndale more than anywhere because I guess I don't see... Like, people don't support New Smyrna or Citrus the way that they do Auburndale and whatever other tracks. But I see so many people that are biased for certain people, yet when those drivers do something wrong, they can't admit it. But when somebody that they don't like does the exact same thing, they start bashing and running their mouths. And it's stupid. Oh, people definitely have their favorites. And you can tell who those favorites are via pictures via what they say on social media who they focus on which is fine i'm not saying uh, yeah, that yeah. i'm not saying that tj DeCare did anything wrong he could have prevented that had he not driven in over his head on lap seven i believe if the lap car wasn't there it would never have happened Case i mean that too that guy was just a rolling roadblock yeah. he needs to go back to the scramblers because he was about as fast as one yeah that was the only car that really caused a problem the Other than some night. good hard racing. I mean, there were some some incidents, for sure. A lot of contact. I mean, early in the race, Randy Anderson, I think it was lap four, he got spun around. I think oh, I who got that. into him. Oh, I, I, You'll have to forgive me, but he got spun around. Brian Dora had nowhere to go, drove into him. Those two <sighs> finished 17th and 18th. Um, and, and when they towed that car off, I thought Randy was done for the night. The back end was hanging off and... Nah, they I, don't. They don't know how to quit. I, that's that's exactly they what I have said. No quit in them. We, me and Matt kind of looked at each other. I'm like, well, hey, if there's any team in the pit area that would want to try to get back out, I mean, you tow all the way out here. We're four laps in. We got double features. You got probably two, three hours before the next race. They're going to try to fix it. I think. And sure enough, they I mean, did. They had half a day to fix it. They did, and, and honestly, it was impressive that they did because it would have been just as easy to load up and say, "Well, we'll try again next year." But they didn't. And that, say what you want about Randy Anderson, but that to me, that team, the perseverance was impressive, and we'll talk more about that uh, next segment. But also because this, that the whole Steve Dorr, TJ DeCare thing led to <laughs> the Steve Dorr and George yeah, Cora what, thing. What? I, I told you I, I, I missed that I, I live you, because I was talking to whoever. I warned up in the booth, you, I'm but, about to give out my most loving Richard Cranium award. Yeah, to Steve for Steve. pulling up on the track like that. Steve. That like Steve. okay, so the wreck happens. He turns around, drives backwards around the track, goes through the X, then tries to launch up into pit road I without def- being cleared. Normally, he you get was being up. cleared. Was he? Yes. Because then I heard on the radio, I didn't clear him. Yes, the fuck he did. I watched him. I'll have to go back and watch again, I guess. He was being waved across, and then they look over, and they saw George Gorham and Mario Goslin's card. Yeah, and George like George nosed into him. That George going for a championship. They're lucky that nothing happened to, like, really either detrimental. George Gorham still got the, I, yeah, I little, mean, they're fine. nose damage. Steve but. still came back to finish fourth, but I told Austin, I'm like, I think I'm the only person here cheer- cheering for Steve Dorr just because he just came back from getting doored. Yeah. And actually, he finished fourth in race one. So a for, lot. For the record, everybody's gonna be like, "Oh, you only you're you're only taking Steve's side because you're a Steve Dorr fan." Here's the thing. No, I'm not. I just really like that car. Well, a lot went down in race number one, and uh, definitely worth a look back on Speedway Video. And kudos to Tom. He, he put in a lot of investment. 
on some, he got a new camera. The footage looks very crisp. Um, got a new system for getting the audio, which we, we're still trying to work the bugs out. It was a little over-modulated, but uh, you can hear, you can at least hear the commentators. And as I learned from uh, Mr. Williams, I'm, I'm not appreciated as much as, uh, as much as some others. Uh, right, on my him. slow motion, uh, said mute me during the slow motion. But we'll just turn me if up next he's, time. If he was smart, he'd just mute you on the videos anyways. But right. instead, he just wants to talk but, uh, shit. My point is here, kudos to Tom for continuing to work to make a better product. And, uh, hey, it wasn't it wasn't perfect this time. But he kind of was using this this week at Auburn Hill as a dry run so he can make so a perfect red eye. So. It was a lot like the announcer. Sufficient. It was very sufficient. Okay. Uh, but a step in the right direction. I'm very excited to see what's going to happen come Red Eye. Different soundboard at Red Eye. It might work a little bit better. Um, Sorry if you just heard my burp. Oh, is that what that was? <laughs> I thought a car back. Jesus. Um, anyways, results from Super Late Model Race number one. Chase Lovelady, the dominant car of the day, did take the win. TJ DeCare, despite the contact with Steve Dora, finishes second. Adam Briggs with an impressive third-place run in his late model. And I'm not even sure that that's a Super. That might be... One of the prolates that competes with the supers. Now, don't quote me on that. Uh, Adam may be able to correct me, but um, I think that car is a little underpowered, and he did a great job finishing third. Steve Dorer, fifth. Another car that I know is a prolate competing with the supers, and we'll get into that in the second segment a little bit later. But Bray Holmes finishes fifth. Nick Neary, sixth. Uh, Ross Francisco was seventh. Michael Cherry, eighth. John Guy, Hunter Lovelady rounding out your top ten in race number one for the supers. So let's go over to the Pro Trucks and talk about their first race before we take our first break and then hear from Jack, I'm, I'm sorry, Jay Call, mm -hmm. who was in this event. 21 Pro Trucks showing up for the charity race weekend. Last year when it was a 100-lap race, I think 13 or 14 showed up. The twin race format, I think, paid dividends. A very, very good field of trucks. Um, looking at the list, there was only, again, one or two trucks that maybe were just kind of meh. What? What? What do you see? She, she's dumbfounded. That's finished? Oh, never mind. Never mind. He was the last truck running still. Never mind. Well, race number one for the pro <laughs> trucks was Sorry. pretty crazy. Um... Cody McDuffie was the fast truck in qualifying. I, I when when we got there and I saw that Cody McDuffie was in the field, just remembering what he did at New Smyrna when he showed up for the fifty lapper and dominated that. I'm just like, man, he's gonna be tough to beat. But I mean, he had some good cars or trucks really? out there. Because I, I I saw Colt Cecil and thought that, and it turned out that the only thing tough to beat Colt Cecil was tough to beat the doors off of him. No, they damn sure tread. You know, Colt doesn't get to race as much anymore. He always has very nice looking equipment. Um, it was good to see him back the, out there. He's won the charity race like two times. Yeah, but lately he's struggled. He really has. Uh, that continued this week, but it's good to see him back on track. Uh, but I mean, you had Becca Monopoly out there. You had, um, I don't know why the five to apparently the five K was TJ Cruz. By the way, that should be TJ to care. But you had TJ to care out there. You had Chris Rummel. You had Jeff White. You had Jake Hall. Much better driver. Oh, than Jack I, I stand corrected. Uh, Carter Brown was the fastest truck in qualifying. My my apologies. Uh, so you had Carter, you had Kristen Clements, you had Cody McDuffie, Jared Garcia, or Garces, 
as it says here, uh, did very, very well. Uh, Chase King's been impressive. So, I mean, this was a banner field of pro trucks. I mean, you had eight, nine, maybe ten guys, given the right circumstance, that could have won this thing. Race number one was very wild. Um, one of the one of the major incidents occurred kind of towards the back of the field. Blake Clouser got into it with Martin Maresca, who was making his racing return. Um, typically a pro, li- or I'm sorry, a super late driver. Now down to the pro trucks, and he and Blake got together. And I'm telling you, I looked at the, I talked to Blake during that long dissertation, and. Blake was like, man, I, I don't know what else I could have done. I mean, that guy came off the wall. Then I kind of look at the replay. It looks like they were coming through traffic and everybody was going all over the place and they came together. Um, Martin Mareska got very mad at Blake Clouser, but Martin Mareska gets very mad at every situation that happens, period. So <laughs> I watched him walk down there. I'm like, what you going to do, buddy? He's a minor. And he was he was all big and big, oh, yeah. puffing and puffing. And then he gets down to Blake and he's, and he's like, like, I can't do nothing. Shit. Well, listen, Blake's got mullet power, and... <laughs> I said something to Jack. I was like, I really want to see Blake Glauser and his mullet of fury just unleashed on this old man. Give Blake Glauser like three years, and he is going to be somebody that you do not... Do you see Rich? Rich is a just, very stout can man. You just, just imagine Martin Maresca coming up to Blake, and Blake just going, Ah! That's all they would need to do. And Martin would be like, all right, I'm not racing anymore. This kid's crazy. <laughs> so that, that was a wild thing. And, uh, Speedway video got it with the speed shot down the front straightaway. And it looks like Blake just kind of comes. There were like three wide and traffic. Maresca's on the outside. Blake says Maresca came down. I don't see that. But the two did get torn up. And Martin was was done for the day. And that was too bad. Um, it looked like a new truck. looked like he was trying to get back into the racing deal and got torn up. Uh, so definitely not what you want to see, but it's part of the deal. It's what happened. That wasn't even the best thing that happened. I mean, it's not the best thing. What was the best thing that happened? The 19 and the 55. They got together. They got together, and then there was a wreck. And then the 55, like, when they, I, I, they had to restart next to each other like three times and i'm telling jack i'm like just let them go around you it's yeah. fine it was one of those situations where you tell jack hey let them take each other out and then that's what take i, did. The I position, was like let yeah. them go around you and then he, every time the choose cone came out i was like take the outside oh that the, that choose cone that's I a kept, game changer i kept going there. take the outside take the outside and he didn't do it and i finally went chicken i i love that rule over there because you can be like seventh or eighth everybody picks the inside and you go up to like fourth, get some track position. Caution comes back. You're right. You're like right back in the game. I will say in race number one, there was no outside groove. You had to be on the inside because uh, at the drop of the green flag, Cody McDuffie went backwards. A couple other fast cars, sorry, trucks went backwards. But at the end of the day, Cody McDuffie was able to work his way back up to the front. It's the world's best battle for last place between Wilson Martins Jr. and Jack for like four laps side by side. No, they they Jack raced well. I I feel like this was. You know, we're going to talk to him in just a minute, so we'll get his full take of, of the evening. You missed um, them racing side by side for like four laps, didn't you? Probably. It was it was freaking great. But no, I feel like this was Jack's best race, and then it all went haywire in race two, which it again, all went to shit. We'll we'll hear from him here in a minute because we're gonna have him live. But um, <laughs> Cody McDuffie did win race He's number one. Kristen Clements won race number two. Carter Brown was definitely in the mix. Shoulda, coulda, woulda won this race, um, but did not. And you know what? We've been a little harsh on on Carter, but I, I talked to him for a little while 
um, during some of the downtime. Very nice kid. So uh, if he does listen to this and listen to anything back, um, look, a- analysis happens. It's not a personal thing. Wait, what is, a who's guy. Carter Brown? What did he do? Auburndale a few weeks, a few weeks ago. That was Charlie Brown. That's right. Anyways, Carter Brown. One Car- has a dog named Snoopy. One is an innocent child. We talked about child. this last week, too, and I said the same thing, didn't I? Damn it, I'm so sorry. Dumbass. Yeah, well, it happens. Um, but no, Carter did a great job, had a great race. I, I thought he would be in contention to win uh, race number two, but that did not happen. J.R. Garcia finished fourth, and um, I'm just going to say that, that well, we'll say that for, listen to the second segment, because there's something <laughs> to say about J.R. Garcia. Uh, Chase King finished fifth, Jeff White sixth, Wilson Martins Jr. seventh, Palmer Hag in eighth, Chris Rommel ninth, and Mike Kohut finishing out the top 10 and our buddy Jack Hall finishing in 11th. Any final thoughts on race number one for the pro trucks? Hallelujah. Holy shit. Where's the Tylenol? And that would be the sentiment for the rest of the night. All right. We're going to take a quick commercial break and then we're going to welcome in our special guest, Mr. Jack Hall, driver of that double O pro truck. He's going to tell us a little bit about his season as a whole. He'll go over his charity truck race experience, and we'll talk about his future plans. It's funny you say double O. Did you just stop it? No. Did you say the double O pro truck? Mm-hmm. It's so funny because it we've traced that truck, I think, back to Whitney Poole, who was like double O motorsports or something like that. Interesting. And she was number double zero. That's all. That's all I have to say about that. Things change and then they don't. That's all I have to say about that. So stay tuned. After the break, we will hear from Jack Hall. (laughs) Hey, hey, everyone. Wanted to take a quick moment here and thank our great sponsors for this very special 75th episode of the Racing with Ryan podcast. First and foremost, we'd like to thank Real Value Mobile Repair, our special sponsor here for this week's episode and the Snowball Derby segment of the show. Of course, that is Shane Held's company, and uh, they do uh, semi-trailer repair. So if anybody is in the need for that, make sure you check out realvaluemobile.com or give them a call at 407-467-0413. Again, that is Real Value Mobile Repair. You've probably seen it on the side of the 55 and the 33 Modifieds over in New Smyrna. And of course, that is Shane Held with his mobile semi-trailer repair business. So give them a call if you are in the market. And of course, we thank American Auto. Located at 1523 South Dixie Freeway in New Smyrna Beach. Of course, that is our good, good friend, Mr. E.J. Wilcoxon, uh, one of our first sponsors and biggest supporters here on the podcast all the way through and even up to episode 75. Um, If you need anything done to your car from tires to service, give them a call 386-428-1941. For fast, dependable service, you can always count on American Auto. We also thank our good friend Doug Samian in Do All Lawn and Tree. I know Doug has been quite busy uh, with everything going on up in that area with all those storms. And uh, hey, if you need anything done and you need somebody you can trust as far as lawn and tree goes, make sure you get with Doug Samian. You can find him usually at uh, New Smyrna with the 04 Superstock. Uh, All-around good guy. You can look him up on Facebook, but that is Do All Lawn and Tree, another one of our great sponsors here at the New Smyrna Speedway. We also thank Jeff White Racing. Uh, They came on board uh, about halfway through the life of the show, and they've been with us ever since. 
And uh, building fast race cars, Jeffrey White going to move up to the Prolate models here this year. Guess going to run the E-Mod until they sell it. So if you're looking for some fast race cars, I think that E-Mod is for sale. And hey, get with them. Get with Jeff White Racing if you're interested in getting involved with racing. And they can get you, they can at least get you started, hook you up with some equipment and send you on your way. So we appreciate them being part of the show. Looking forward to seeing what Jeffrey White and Jeff White Racing can do in 2023. Now, remember, if you'd like to become a partner of the show, I mean, we're 75 shows strong now and we're going to keep going with this thing. Um, it is just $5 an episode. I'm sure um, some of you are probably waiting for the new year. Uh, once we see each other, it's been a little while since we've seen some of our listeners here. But if you are interested in sponsoring the show, it is just $5 an episode. Um, you let us know what you want to advertise. If you've got specials, uh, just let us know and we will take care of you. Five bucks an episode and you can do as many episodes as you want. Just let us know. Everybody is a friend here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. Enjoy the rest of the show. All right, everybody on the Racing with Ryan hotline today, we have a very special guest returning to the show. We welcome the driver of the double zero pro truck, Mr. Jack Hall. How you doing, Jack? Doing well. Glad to be back on the show. Glad to have a little bit of time uh, in between some races here to kind of regather everything and get ready for a new season. Yeah, you know, our off-season here in Florida, it's almost non-existent if, uh, you know, depending on what division or class you run and what's going on. I mean, you can pretty much find a race all the way up until New Year's and then um, you're lucky to find a week off. But uh, we were just chit-chatting a little bit and you do have a little bit of off time and it sounds like uh, you'll be able to... uh, get some stuff done on the truck. Um, first of all, tell us where you raced at last weekend and how your night went. Yeah, so we were up at the charity race at Auburndale Speedway. It was actually only our third time racing there this year. We uh, you know, we tried a couple of weeks ago, second or third time, I can't even remember. But yeah, we were still pretty new to that track. Um, we'd been there to practice a couple times and things just never quite seemed to go our way there. Um, so we came in, thought we had a good setup ready for us. We had a new gear. We had, you know, some suspension kinks worked out. We finally got the truck handling right after a, a lot of struggles at the quarter mile tracks. Um, but yeah, the first race, it went well for us. Um, I mean, our version of well, you know, we didn't come home with a top five or anything, but we stayed on the lead lap the whole race, which for us is a big win considering the first time we raced there. I got booted off the track after like 20 laps for going two laps down. So even just staying on the lead laps, a big win. Um, but once we got back into the pits, we finished like 11th out of 20, which really not that bad in our book. Um, but once we got back to the pits, we realized we had some major problems. It was, there was just smoke pouring out of the back of the rear end. It smelled like something died back there. Mm. And, there was, you know, water puking out the front, smoke pouring out the back. You could tell the truck was not in the best of shape. It was feeling that first feature pretty hard. So we uh, took a look at the rear end and we realized there was fluid everywhere. That was the smoke was kind of coming out of the center section there. And uh, we determined it best to not do any further damage or take a chance. And, uh, you know, we went out for the second feature just to see you never know there might be a, a huge wad up on the first lap and we can maybe pick up some spots but after a couple of laps we realized it was just getting worse faster than it was getting better so we decided to uh just count our losses and pull off at that point but overall not a bad night we're still learning a lot at that track learning a lot about the truck and we have some pretty good ideas what to do moving forward in the next year 
Well, you, you mentioned it was a good night for you, at least the, the first race, as far as your team is concerned. That was a good field of trucks that they had for this year's charity race. Last year, I think, for just like the straight 100, they only had 13 or 14, and there was 20-some-odd trucks there. And, um, yeah, the first race w- was chaotic, and you stayed out of trouble. You picked up, a, for you, a very good finish of 11th, almost got that top 10. So, it, like, it went really well, and then it just all came apart. And that kind of seems to be how your season went. You'd get something figured out and then something else would happen. Right. Two steps forward, one step back kind yeah. of thing. But I feel like that's just how race cars are. You know, they're, they're always going to break something on you. You're always going to have to change something. Um, and we kind of knew that going in, you know, we bought a secondhand truck. It wasn't a new build. So we knew there was going to be some issues to work out along the way. So we were okay with that. Um, it's just it's a learning game you know we're learning a lot about it we're kind of getting things set up the way we like and i think all that hard work is eventually going to pay off for us yeah and this this truck has kind of become your project this year and of course if you guys follow along with with jack's youtube uh, jacked racing um you've seen all the different things they've done and and how even jack said it they've, they've come a long way with being two laps down and booted off the track at auburn Hill at the beginning of the year to finishing on the lead lap with a bander field the trucks uh, that shows the progress and the work that you guys have put in. Unfortunately, um, all that work you've put in, you keep having to go back and, and redo. It reminds me of what uh, Bob Say told me uh, a couple weeks into the new Smyrna season. He's like, one of these weeks, we're gonna, we won't have to fix it, and then we can work on getting fast again. So um, I feel like that's kind of the same for you guys. If the if the parts would stay together, then you guys could continue to work on getting the truck to handle and picking up some speed. For sure. That's what we wanted all year. And actually, just in the last two or three weeks, we felt like we finally hit that spot. Um, for people that have been following along, you probably already know. But if you haven't been, we had motor trouble all year, um, especially at New Smyrna. That thing was, it would sputter out on me. It was hesitating, fluttering, making all sorts of nasty noises. I think Margo called it a frog at one point, and that wasn't that far off for <laughs> some of the sounds it was making. Um, but we finally figured out that problem it was the uh, the pickup tube in the fuel cell had a bunch of holes in it mm. and it was just sucking like sucking up air into the fuel line um so we've got that fixed and the motor's been running great now so i'm actually really excited to go back to new Smyrna since that's more of a motor track absolutely um we had it handling pretty well there and uh, we've even made more fixes since then so i think with an actual running motor and a truck that can turn, I think we're actually going to be in pretty decent shape for New Smyrna next year. Well, that, that'll that be nice. Uh, now you have some challenges in the rear to uh, to get figured out, as uh, as Margo was able to tell us uh, from the first part of the show here. Um, I'm sure, you know, having this time, you can go through it. Uh, and it's not like you have to get it ready for this weekend, so you guys can take your time, pull it apart, go through it. Hopefully it's nothing too major. Um, but again, that'll give you guys something to do on the off-season. Um so again, this was your your first year in the truck. You you were running the bombers the year before. Um, at least this year, uh, thankfully, you were able to stay healthy and you were able to keep racing. Um, how would you sum up your season in your, the season with the truck overall? So this is one of those things. Like I always say, if you're an outsider looking in, you probably think this was a pretty sucky year. Um, but we had a blast, honestly. Uh, my motto is always just as long as I'm healthy and able to, you know, go to the track, it's a good day. Mm-hmm. So I kind of look at things more the big picture. I know sometimes people might get caught up in, you know, some of the little details and get frustrated with things. But, you know, I'm, at this point, I'm healthy enough to be doing what I enjoy doing. So that's a big win no matter what happens. But 
I mean, overall, grand scheme of things, we didn't blow a motor. We didn't get stuffed into the wall. Um, nothing that bad happened. It's just, it's nothing that parts and money can't fix. Um, so, you know, there's really nothing to fret about for us. We had a lot of fun. We got to race at new tracks. We got to race in some big events. So, overall, we had a great year, honestly. It's been a lot of fun working on the truck, even though some of the problems were frustrating. Um, it's, it feels like a, a win when you can figure out one of those problems. You know, the, the day we found that hose in the fuel cell, it was like the biggest weight lifted off our shoulders. We were like, oh, my God, we finally found it. But, um, yeah, no, I think it was a great season, and I think we learned so much that next year is going to be even better. Yeah, and this year you got to travel a little bit. And th- I think uh, last time we interviewed, uh, we talked about that, how you were excited to get to travel to these other tracks. Um, what was your favorite track that you got to race at this year? Um, honestly, you know, I'm a new Smyrna guy. I like the big half mile. It's fun to be able to let these things, you know, stretch their legs, get up to speed. Um, so I really, I do enjoy that. I've enjoyed the challenge of the quarter miles, though. I've never raced on quarter mile tracks previous to this. And it is such a different world than the big tracks. Um, it's just nonstop. It's definitely a good adrenaline rush because it like it just goes by so fast. You know, by the time one thing happens, already four more things have happened in front of you. Um, it's been a lot of fun doing those tracks, but yeah, I'm still gonna call New Smyrna my home track. Yeah, I think I remember talking to you in the pits one day, and you're like, "Yeah, I really just I love the speed here." I love the the racing space you have here, and and like you said, it it is a different animal. And for some people, they're more comfortable on that bull ring where you're basically compacted in there, surrounded by cars or, in your case, trucks. Uh, but at New Smyrna, you get that sense of speed. You feel like you're on top of the racetrack and right on the edge. And it sounds to me like that's where the excitement is for you. For me, yeah, I think so. I also think you lose a lot less body panels at New Smyrna Speedway, too. That's true. That's true. <laughs> There's Some... a lot of beating and banging at the little tracks, which I know is going to happen every once in a while. But, you know, ripping fenders and stuff off every week isn't exactly what we want to do. Uh, that's not going to stop us from going there, though. Right. Well, and this year, it wasn't even lack of vehicles to race at New Smyrna because the, the trucks had a good turnout. That was a good season for the trucks. I know, you know, there were rainouts and things got cut short at the end of the year, but man, the, the truck division really started to pick up and we had some good fields. I mean, that 50 lapper was an incredible field. And so it's not like, you know, Oh, at new smarter, we didn't have to replace body panels because there was no one to race against. It's just, um, you know, a little, little bit more space and the truck races this year seem to be pretty clean. They weren't, a, they weren't wreck fest like you might've thought. No, I was. I think we were actually talking about that last time we were at New Smyrna. I don't. I mean, aside from a spin or two, and the and the poor guy that rolled his truck in practice. I don't oh, think yeah. during any of the races there was any. I don't think there was any major wrecks in the truck division all year. Yeah, the worst one was in practice. That's that's funny now that you think about it. Yeah, yeah. Nothing really happened during the race, but car out there by itself found its way onto its lid. So. Yeah, we, we had some good races, some good competition. And like you said, I, I'm excited now uh, that you got that fuel pickup issue figured out. Really, you'll be able to get that motor singing come February. And uh, with, with a year under your belt, I think, uh, man, I think you might turn some heads this World Series. Uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely our goal. We're looking forward to World Series a lot. I think that's always my favorite event of the year to race in. So I'm hoping this will be the time everyone's like, oh, dang, how'd you get that thing going? So... I feel like we already had a couple people kind of doing that at Auburndale. Dad said he had people coming over asking a lot of questions how we got it. 
you know, how we went from going two laps down to staying on the lead lap in one race. But well, that just shows our last video. We don't have any good secrets to share, so we're parking up the wrong tree. It just shows the hard work you guys put in. And again, I follow along on the channel, and I always watch the the videos. And luckily, your your content is very consumable. It's not like you have to dedicate uh, so much time to figure out or you know to follow along with what you guys have going on. And I've been able to follow some of those challenges and um, to see how some people, like the first thing that happens, they just give up with you guys. It's like, well, I guess we're just going to have to go to work. And I feel like sometimes for you, it's like these little challenges, these gremlins that pop up, it, it almost gives you guys content, uh, content to keep going. Yeah, no, that's funny. There has been times where I'm like, well, this will make a good video. At yeah, least. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, it's it's just it's been fun to watch, and and again, you guys should be following Jack on, on that YouTube channel. Um, I, I think it's very unique what you guys do because a lot of teams will post on Facebook, they'll post pictures, uh, but with you guys, it's like a behind the scenes. You're almost like part of the team. You're almost in the garage every week, seeing what's going on. And not a lot of teams do that. There's a lot of secrets, and like you guys just said, well, we don't really have any secrets. We just work on our stuff and go have a good time. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's fun because I like to show, you know, I like to think we show like the real side of short track racing. Yeah. A lot of teams are only going to post about their successes online, but we're just as happy to show off our failures because every race team has failures and, you know, whether they want to admit it or not, we're not afraid to show ours off on the internet. So, um, well, just wait till you guys have that success when you get that podium finish or something like that. What a, what a great feeling that's going to be for you guys. Oh yeah, I know. The last year when we got that uh, that podium finish in the bomber, it was it was a great feeling. It felt like all that hard work paid off, and we had something to show for it finally. So yeah, I can only imagine when we get that in the truck how good that's going to feel. Yeah, and I feel like it's got to be coming. I mean, I, I like I said, I can't wait to see how it runs at uh, New Smyrna once you get all everything worked out from this past weekend. Um, you know, I probably going to be a good feel. The trucks, the entries are starting to roll in. Um, we have some some good drivers coming, and you know how World Series is. Whether they enter or not, there's always a good crop of trucks. Uh, whether it be ten of them or twenty of them, it don't matter. It's going to be a good field. It's in front of a big uh, stage. You get to race the last two nights of World Series. Everybody's paying attention to those championships. So, uh, for me and for you guys, I think that's a good chance for you guys to show up. And with what the trucks have done over the last couple of years, when it, when Rusty decided to bring the trucks back, it was like three or four trucks every week. And it was just like, man, this is this is tough to watch. And then Ashley Holmes Jacks came on board to support the the local stuff at New Smyrna, and I feel like that's really really helped. Do you feel like that sponsorship in the word of mouth for hey the the payouts you know are pretty good over at New Smyrna in the trucks? Do you think that that has helped uh, bring the trucks uh, into more of a limelight uh, as a whole? Yeah, for sure. Especially events like that twenty lapper, or the, not the twenty lapper, gosh, the fifty lapper. Yeah where we had like 20 something trucks that was that, was, that awesome. was a huge event for the trucks that was awesome i think a lot of people were really impressed by that event and i think a, a lot of the drivers were impressed with that too you know i talked to a lot of people that raced the trucks that maybe only stick to the quarter miles but came out to that and i've had a couple say yeah we're going to try and come back a couple times next year because we had a good time out there so you know i think just getting that word of mouth out there having people come try it once or twice um, I think that's really, you know, what's helping the series grow out there. So hopefully people are going to keep their word and come back because it'd be awesome if we could at least have double digits every week we race out there. Yeah, I mean, that that would be fantastic. And I, I, I like what you said about, you know, the people that run the quarter miles 
coming out and giving it a try. I, I understand that for some, and we got truckers from all over the place, and it's hard to get to one specific track if you're really far away every single week. But it's nice when they're able to come out and support, whether it be the bigger races or every now and then. Uh, it's kind of like what you guys have done. You didn't run every single race at, at Auburndale or every single race at Citrus, but um, you traveled when you could, and I, I like seeing that. We had an off weekend. You'd go travel somewhere. Um, I, I used to be kind of a stickler, like, oh, I wish everybody would just come to New Smyrna, but now I'm like, hey, if you're not racing, it, it, you know, go somewhere. Go support something, and I like that that's what you guys do. Yeah, definitely. It's just good for the sport overall. I and mean, I think in some ways it does benefit to get people from one track over to another track. It spreads word of mouth. You know, I might go over to Auburndale and talk about how much fun I have at New Smyrna. And the next thing you know, maybe two or three guys want to come try it sometime. So, you know, what does it hurt to go race some other tracks, keep the racing scene alive? Uh, maybe attract some new fans over to our team. That's another reason we wanted to travel, you know. Yeah. Try and grow our pages. So if we can reach out into some new markets, that's always good. So that's yeah, a great I point. think racing all over just benefits in a lot of ways. And it makes you a more well rounded driver if you can, you know, learn to adapt to different things. Um there's just a lot of good to traveling around. Oh yeah. Then then you become like Cody McDuffie and you can win anywhere you go. That guy is uh that guy is something else. When I saw he was in the pits at Auburndale Saturday, I'm like, well, He's probably going to be the guy to beat, and sure enough, he was. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they do to that thing, but he's been fast for years and years. They just they they've got it figured out. That's probably the answer right there. Just years and years. Yeah. You know, you work on this stuff long enough, and you keep going just a little bit faster every time. After all those years, you're probably. I mean, I would hope you figure something out after all those years, and it looks like they have. Yeah, so you, you could put Becca Monopoly up there too. She's been racing trucks for a long time. Tom works on that truck real hard just like you guys do and they always seem to run well when they don't have their own problems yeah that's yeah you figure it out you know you learn what your truck can do what mine might do is not the same as what someone else's will you just learn your truck what works for you what doesn't work you have your failures along the way and you learn from them and you just keep going faster that's it man and and it's real easy to give up racing's expensive it's tough these days but if you keep going i feel like eventually it'll come to you and uh I know we've alluded to it a little bit. We talked a little bit about Speed Week, so I'm sure some people can put the pieces together that you're going truck racing next year. But what is the overall plan for 2023? It's pretty much the same plan as this year. Um, I think we want to try and make it to as many new Smyrna races as we can. Um, and then we'll try and, you know, just kind of fill in the gaps with the other tracks. We haven't really seen... I mean, I know the schedules are mostly all out. New Smyrna's full schedule might not be out yet. But once we get that all together... I'll put together kind of a master calendar and map out our year and see what we can do. Um, I know there's uh, a little bit of a question what's going on with 417 right now, or if they're going to be racing or not, but that one honestly is a pretty, pretty far drive for us, and we don't have a gear for that, so that would take a lot of time and money to get ready for that. We'd probably rather just focus on the three tracks we have here, so that's probably not going to be super high on our priority list, but yeah, we just want to keep going a little faster with these tracks we've been racing at, try and make the whole new Smyrna season, see if we can't do a little better than fifth in points like we did this year, and yeah, just keep learning and working and going faster. Well, that sounds like a good plan. Yeah, I actually just pulled up the the points, and uh, this was your rookie year, and uh, there were three main rookies this year. Taylor Watson, who had a really fast truck, got her first win. Uh, she finished second in points, so she won Rookie of the Year. But you were fifth in points in your first full season of truck racing, um, outlasting some 
some veteran drivers. And uh, again, you didn't blow a motor, didn't wreck the truck. Uh, fifth in points, uh, you get to go to the banquet. So that's uh, that's pretty successful there. And uh, maybe this year, now you, you get rid of that R next to your name on, on the website. So you're, you're a veteran now and you guys are picking up speed. I think everybody's going to uh, be watching that double zero truck, see how it does, whether it be at Smyrna or Citrus or Auburndale or heck, even if he makes a surprise trip even further. Right. Yeah. My, uh, so back in the day when me and my dad raced street stocks, I had, I got my street stock car one year and did even worse than I did this year. I blew two motors broke. Like every week I went out, the car was just a, a pile and the next year we fixed it all up and I didn't get any worse than fifth the whole season. So sometimes I think my sophomore years are the lucky ones. So I'm kind of banking on that this year. Well, there you go. I mean, we're looking forward to seeing you back out there. It's always a pleasure uh, when we run into you at the racetrack. You guys are always uh, approachable and easy to talk to. Even uh, even in that long night at Auburndale when I came over to the truck and you're strapped in and we had a little while to wait and we were just chit-chatting, even though you were ready to go because you kind of knew your night was was not going to be the best here for race number two. But uh, really appreciate y'all's efforts um, and, and just the way that uh, the positive attitude and the way you guys carry yourselves, it's very refreshing to see. Yeah, for sure. We're all there to have fun. Otherwise, we shouldn't be doing it. So, you know, why let anything bother us too much? That's a good point. And one last question here before we let you go. How'd your spotter do on Saturday? Pretty good. Um, both her and my dad, the last time they spotted, both both missed parks or yeah, trucks sitting broadside on the track coming out of turn two. And she did not miss that this time. So I'm going to give her a gold star for not missing the obviously <laughs> hazardous trucks on the track. Um, but no, it was fun. I know that's probably a tough track to spot at just because it's like, basically the size of a high school running track and things happen fast that's a good point but yeah we you know we kept we kept everything clean stayed out of trouble um i i always think the visibility out of those trucks surprisingly is not that good maybe it's just mine but those little tiny back windows are hard to see out of so i do a really you know a good spotter really makes a lot of a difference for me so yeah she did okay well that most that's o- good most okay is spotter i know well they I'm the most okayest announcer and, and podcaster in the state too. So um, at least we're we're all on the same team there. So we appreciate uh, you calling in and, and thanks for letting Margo uh, play a role in the team. I know she loves being a part of all that stuff. So I appreciate that as well. Uh, before we let you go again, uh, tell everybody where they can follow what you have going on. Shout out your YouTube, your Facebook pages, whatever else you might have out there. Yeah, for sure. Check out Jacked Racing on pretty much all forms of social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we try and do something a little different on every page. So what you see on one page might not be the same as another one. So make sure you are uh, following along on all of them. We're going to probably be doing some more giveaways and stuff next year. If you want to get some merch, we're working on a, uh, a new merchandise design right now, actually. So hopefully that'll be out soon. And uh, we've got some some fun ways to kind of market ourselves and, you know, maybe get some different partners on, ball, on board next year. So yeah, follow along. We're always going to be trying to do some fun stuff, create some good content, and show you what goes on behind the scenes. Perfect. Well, Jack, again, thank you so much, and good luck in 2023. Thank you very much. All righty. Well, hopefully we'll catch up with Jack again next year and see how things go, but make sure you get out to the racetrack and watch him, and uh, now you guys can enjoy the rest of the show. (laughs) 
going to interrupt the show one more time to tell you about a couple more of our great partners here at the Racing with Ryan podcast, including our good, good friends at Schultz Engineered Products and Schultz Racing Fuel Cells. Um, honestly, if you want the best equipment in your vehicle as far as fuel safety goes, you will want to make sure that your car is equipped with a Schultz fuel cell from Schultz Engineered Products. Um, you can give them a call at 732-922-4334, or you can check them out on the web. Just look up Schultz Engineered Products, and it'll pop right up. You don't even need the dot-coms these days. You just type it in, and it'll it, Google will find it for you. Um, but, of course, they are also hiring. So if you're looking for a good job, um, you can get with Rob at uh, rob at schultzproducts.com. They're looking for some machinists. They're looking for engineers. They're looking for people to work on race cars. So if any of that sounds like something you would like to do, make sure you check out Schultz Engineered Products. Get with Rob. Uh, give them a call, whatever it may be. And if you need a great fuel cell for your race car, Schultz Racing Fuel Cells from Schultz Engineered Products are the way to go. We also thank our good friend Ron D'Alessandro over at 124 Welding and Fabrication. Uh, he's got a great Etsy store running a special um, and you got to get that in now. It is closing in on Christmas. He's got to have time to get things done. But the um, the promo code for 15% off is still active. It is um, RWR Podcast on his Etsy store when you check out. That'll get you 15% off, and uh, he will send you a free keychain of his choosing. So go to his Etsy store. Just type in 124 Welding and Fab on Etsy. It'll pop right up, and uh, you can check out everything he has to offer. You can also get with Ron and talk about some custom options and uh, he'll work with you there as well. That is 124 Welding and Fabrication. Uh, we also thank Brownlee Motorsports for being a partner here and a supporter of the New Smyrna Speedway. And they've been doing some dirt racing here during the offseason. Looking forward to seeing them back here at the Red Eye coming up here in about a month. So look for good things for Brownlee Motorsports. I think they got some Bomber A's and Bomber B's and some trucks now. So we appreciate those guys for supporting the show. And we also thank the Florida Southern Ground Pounders. They have come on board to sponsor the program here. And we're looking forward to seeing them during Speed Weeks. It's a great vintage racing club. Uh, they put on some great shows. It is not just an antique putts around parade type show like some of the other vintage racing divisions. They go out and race full on. So make sure you check uh, new Smyrna schedule should be coming soon, so check out the Florida Southern Ground Pounders. Find them on Facebook and see when their next event will be. I know they're racing Speed Weeks, and we look forward to seeing them as well. And again, we thank all of our partners, uh, past, present, and future, here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. 75 episodes strong. Thank you. Uh, thank you all so much for listening and supporting the show. If you'd like to become a sponsor or just a partner. Some people are just like, hey, here, here's some money. Throw my name out there. Um, $5 an episode, as many episodes as you want to do, there's no limit. If you want to do one show, great. If you want to do 100 shows, great. We'll work it out. Appreciate you guys listening. Enjoy the rest of the show. All right, welcome back to the show. And again, big thank you to Jack Hall for taking time out of his day to have an interview with us and talk about his experience from last weekend and what he's got going on. Make sure you checked out Jack Drayson on YouTube. Subscribe there and follow along with his racing adventures. So let's get into the second half of this marathon. And I've got a scammer on Facebook, so I'm fine. I was on Facebook homepage and saw your profile, so I thought of adding you 
to get to name? know you if you don't mind, I hope. What's the name? Um, Lyd- Lydia Miller. She'd be like, no, my girlfriend's crazy. Bye. <laughs> Instagram and Facebook are full of scammers these days, and if you um, give them the time of the day, sometimes you can have some fun with that. So, anywho. Race number two for the protest. Should we start there? No, let's save that. Let's save that. Are you asking our producer? What do you think, Gordy? Gordy says we should start with the A-mods. He don't give heck. What do you think about the A-mods? That we, says it all. I, I'm trying... Oh. You know, the Robert... Ble- Robert... Roger Blevins? Taking out Bobby Mobley was not surprising to me. Really? Have you ever seen Roger Blevins race? A couple of handfuls. I was more surprised when he tapped than I was when he. That was was surprising to me too. Um, I can definitely see why they are moving this division to the racing tires. Because those things on DOTs, they can't get hooked up. They really can't. That was a boring race, and I don't mean that to be detrimental. I just mean in terms of racing, there's no grip. Um, Roger Blevins tried to send it, got into Bobby Mobley, spun him out. Tapped out immediately when that happened. You knew the race was over, and Bobbly did Bobbly. <laughs> oh my god! I need to go to bed. Bobbly, Bobby you Mobley. Did it again. I did it again. Bobby Mobley. Did you like the dog? No, I don't. Bobby, I'll help you focus. No, he's distracting me. Bobby Mobley did get the win over Ronnie Abney, Tom Zimmerman third, Roger Blevins fourth, Bragani fifth. Cody Durham, sixth, and Dil- poor Dylan Martin. Didn't even get to race a lap. Had fuel pickup issues. Hey, I know where you can get a fuel cell. Schultz Engineer Products. No, Schultz Racing Fuel Cells. That one. So that was the A-Mods. Uh, again, the Roger Blevins-Bobby Mobley contact was about all you got to see in that one. Um, what else do we need to cover? Let's talk about the... Second truck race? We'll talk about that in a minute. Let's there talk about the why. pure stocks. Uh, they had 14 cars show up, which isn't too bad, but they got a huge crash on lap number one, and the both the 156 and the 56 above a Healy 156 and the 56 is James Wright the third, who was my pick to win, all got crashed out. Announcer's curse. Um, after watching the replay back, I didn't realize this, but Brandon Duchere was involved in the wreck, like and pretty they still significantly. Let him win. And still came back and won in the 23, which I didn't even know that was Brandon Duchere because I'm used to him in the six. You didn't have a lineup in front of you? I, I, I mean, I did. I realized it was like him. You when literally I looked said at the Brandon lineup, Duchere like five times. I even heard you, Brandon Bones Duchere. No, I mean, like when I saw it, I'm like, oh, that's who's in that thing? Oh, oh, oh shit. Okay. All right. But normally I'm used to him. These guys change cars a lot. I've been to Auburndale like and paid attention in the last couple of years, and these guys are always in different cars. You know I mean, what threw me off? What? Just Gordy raised his hand. Okay. <laughs> Craig Cazone being in the eight and not the eight eight eight. Yep. But that car, man, that's a nice looking car. Very nice looking car. Um, Brandon Love being in the four, which is the old Ross Francisco car. I'm just like, damn, these these guys move around a lot. But this was this was a solid race. You had some wrecks. You had some spins. Just good racing. But Brandon, it wasn't a liquid race. That would be a problem. That would be bad. Uh, Brandon Duchere did get the win over Craig Cuzone. Bobby Mobley third. Three really good cars there in the top three. I think they all deserve to be up there. Levi Hobbs was fourth. Brandon Love fifth. Dakota Weiss, Ronnie Roop, Jason Sobzak, Cody Martin, and my favorite name of the night, 
Sequoia Jordan rounding out your top ten. That's not how you spell Sequoia. Well, that's how they spell it. It's wrong. So it works. So let's talk about race number two, four, the super late models. Uh, 17 of the 18 cars there made the start. I think the biggest moment in this race involved that 48 of Rocky Sampson. He was running up high. They finally got him to realize the slow groove is on the high side after coaching him in the first race. He's up on the high side, turns down. Here comes poor Jonathan Guy. And Jonathan Guy ramps over the back of him and gets taken out. And then they black flag him because he took out, because they, then they, they yes, they black flagged him because he got into Jonathan Guy. Yeah. But this was the second or third, it's actually the third time that they got on the radio and told this guy to stay out of the way of the lead lap cars. And I, I get it. Like, if you don't race there all the time, you not, might not be familiar with the rules. But when you start taking out other cars, after you've been asked two or three times to, if you're going to be slow, stay out of the way. And he impacted the race and... You can say what you want about John Guy. I, I don't think I think this was a situation where they just got fed up of having to deal with the 48 car. So they black flagged him. You seem to have other thoughts. You think it's because it's John Guy. She's gonna plead the fifth. Pretty good race, though, in, in this one. I, I remember at one point, um, Chase Lovelady and Cody Stickler were going at it, and Steve goes, who's going to win this? And I said, oh, no doubt, Chase Lovelady. He's back in the mix. Uh, he got spun out at one point, got a spot back because somebody tapped. It was then there that you gave him the curse. Yeah, exactly, the announcer's curse. Um, I pretty much uh, pretty much picked Chase Lovelady to sweep, and it would end up being Cody Stickler who would win. It was just like last time they had the, the twin late model races that I called with Steve. Cody Stickler didn't have the greatest first race and then had a really good second race and took the win here over Chase Lovelady. George Gorham rebounded for third and won the track championship in Mario Gosling's car. So congratulations to George. Michael Cherry had a good run in fourth. Um, to me, the most impressive driver of the night was Randy Anderson in fifth. I'll give him a superlative there. Again, erect in race number one, put the car back together and finished fifth in race number two. He finished ahead of Ross Francisco, Adam Briggs in seventh, Nick Neary eighth, Bray Holmes, and Hunter Lovelady with the second top 10 of the night. Uh, TJ DeCare at the front end taken off. Steve Dora did not finish. Brian Dora did not finish. John Guy, Rocky Sampson, as we mentioned, crashed in race number two. I think race number one was the better of the two races. Um, but, I mean, that was solid super late model racing. I think Auburndale, with what they have going on with their normal super late model class, is probably the best super late model racing you'll find in the state on a weekly basis. You can probably argue with me. I'm not going to. You, you might say, well, Citrus late models are better, but on a weekly basis, I think, I think Auburndale... Yeah, because Auburndale's the only ones that run them weekly semi-weekly or whatever. No, I just, I look at the results. They've always got between 16 and 20 cars. Every time and I've George been there, usually wins all of them. He, he's always in the mix. He's he's like the Nick Sweet of Oh, I like how you said Nick Sweet and not Brad May because Nick Sweet has to race against well, more than four cars. That, I mean, that's true. Brad May, <laughs> love the guy, but yeah. Um, I mean, Brad May can beat more than four cars. I'm not taking away from Brad no, May. No, if, if, you know, 
if 14 would show up, Brad would still be the guy to beat on a regular show at New Smyrna. But, but, the, the competition mm-hmm. at Auburndale is pretty good, and the car counts are great. Anytime I've seen a super late model race at Auburndale, I've never been disappointed. So I think hands down on a weekly – now, the Full Throttle 100, very good show. The Bigley Memorial, very, very good race. And we're going to talk about that a little more here in a minute. Um, but I think weekly, no, weekly late model racing. Don't say no. It was a boring race. There, I said it. I, I said what nobody else would say. Didn't think so. I did. I watched it. No, I didn't think it was boring. Maybe it's because I was there. So I had a better experience. But anyway. No, I was real comfortable on the couch. Hands down, super late model racing at Auburndale the best you'll find in Florida on a weekly basis. And if you don't agree with me, let me know what track has the best racing. I don't know why you're looking at me. No, because I don't care about super late models. I'm not going to have a rebuttal (laughs) to that. Fair enough. Um, So it's almost my time to shine on this, this podcast. I got two months, baby. Race number two for the pro trucks. How was your spotting experience uh, in race number two? Great. What happened? I told my driver him and his truck had the same issues. <laughs> I don't know. If oh, he, that's really I don't messy. know if he got into it on, in the interview or if he'll get into it in the interview because we're talking about, we're, we're recording before you do the interview. It's, yeah, shh, producing magic. Yeah. Um, the rear end broke, which everybody will now know. We knew it was broken. He's like, I'm just going to go ride around and see what it does. He's like, my truck has a broken rear end. And I went, oh, you and your truck have something in common. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, and Jack didn't make many laps, but he still didn't finish last. He beat Maria Martins. All right. So, I mean, all things considered for Jack, not not a bad night, but not the greatest way to end his season. Uh, I mean, it wasn't a bad night. Not the greatest way to end the season, but the truck's in one piece. Coming back for speed weeks. He's used to New Smyrna. Yep, and he'll be there for both races during February speed weeks. Can't wait for that. Um, pretty good race in, in race number two. There was a big, big wreck in race number two, and it was like two different things. There was like a little bit of a stack up on a restart. Oh, yeah. And then Is this a Chris Rummel? When Chris Rummel, Chris Rummel lost his whole front end, and Daniel McLean went airborne over the back of another truck, and... You know how much stuff happens in turn two at Auburndale that you can't see from this? You should probably get a better seat then. I was going to ask you, how how was it spotting at Auburndale? You spotted on the backstretch? Yeah. So how how was it? like? Other than Kenny's loud-ass mouth telling me what to tell my driver. <laughs> Stick taking videos well, and we'll pictures. We'll comments about that comment. but As if I wasn't sitting two people away from him. As if y'all haven't already discussed <laughs> As if we it. haven't already had a huge discussion. No, believe it or not, you guys, I don't hate Kenny. I just like to pick on Kenny. I like to stir the pot. But so does he. Yeah. So that's, that's like, why that's, you, two, you two are like oil and water. You don't mix. No, we actually get along perfectly fine. We just like giving each so other you're shit. oil and vinegar. You don't settle well, but you mix okay. Yeah, pretty much. All like, right. no, we good. Kenny, Kenny hung up. Kenny went. <laughs> sorry, I have to segue for a second. I was spotting for Jack in the first race, and Chuck Rush took Dawson down to go get some dinner. <laughs> it left Dawson sitting in Do the. Do you con- mean TNT Motor Madness's own? Sure, whatever. Chuck we Rush. haven't gotten there. Anyways, 
Chuck took Dawson down to go get some dinner and he left him sitting in the little picnic area eating. And mm-hmm. I looked at Kenny and I'm like, my kid's by himself. And Kenny's like, I got this. So Kenny like walked down. He's like, he's good. He's eating. And then Rick Gaither like went down there because Chuck came back without Dawson. And everybody was like all manhunting. No, here's the thing. Man. Now here's, we could see Dawson. At one point, and then we couldn't. Well, Chuck had given Dawson permission to go play with CJ's kids because he knew that if CJ had Dawson, that it was fine. Even if we don't all see eye to eye on everything, it's like we all look out for each other. That's all that matters. It was hilarious, Especially with the kids. I was like, like, Kenny, I hate to do this to you, but I have no clue where Chuck is, and Dawson's down there by himself. And the like, Dawson doesn't know Rick Gaither. Dawson knows Kenny. Yeah. So I was like, can you just go make sure he's all right? Well, back to the race here. Uh, at one point, I really thought Becca Monopoly was going to win this thing. Uh, she had a little bit fresher tires, didn't finish the first race. I think she might have burned those tires up, kind of racing through the field. She got up to third, fourth place, fifth place, something around there, and it really didn't make much progress till the end, ending up ultimately third. Uh, Cody McDuffie would win the second race and sweep the night. Kristen Clements with her second, second-place finish of the night. And I think my favorite interview was with her, all night because she was just like, I'm not good at public speaking. And she goes, can you tell? So suck. And I was like, I can tell. So who would you like to thank? Um, she's, she's an awkward little, little young turtle, but it, it is what it is. Hopefully she gets better at that. Cause if she's going to continue to be a good racer, she's going to get uh, lots of interviews. So hopefully she gets better. But I just thought that was funny. Um, Becca Monopoly third, uh, Carter Brown, Another great finish in the fourth position. Daniel McLean rebounded from going airborne into turn number one to finish in fifth. Blake Clouser rebounded from the crash in race one to finish sixth. Probably his best performance in that 53. Mike Kohut. Did he win in it? No. He's no. He's uh, won in the, the Super Sox whole bunch. But not, he, he says that truck sucks. So uh, his Maybe mom, it's the driver. I asked his mom when I saw her on the pitch, I'm like, how's it going? She's like, this truck sucks. We hate this thing. But damn it, we're here. Um... Mike Kohut finished seventh. Good, good, quiet, solid night for Mike Kohut. Didn't make a lot of noise, but uh, a couple of top tens for him. Colt Cecil eighth, Todd Haig ninth, Jeffrey White. It's usually Mike Kohut that's pretty quiet. It's his. No, I'm going to stop. No, let's just stop. Uh, J.R. Garcia finished 12th, and I got to talk about him for a minute, and I'm not bashing him. Um, I did. Oh, I had to stop, but you're going to go. I had to stop, but you're going to hit the gas pedal on this one. I and JR Garcia, I couldn't I say what I wanted to say. Go ahead. Say what you wanted to say. My thing wasn't even against Mike Kohut. I was going to say he's usually pretty quiet. It's his cronies that aren't. But you're going to no, go. I just didn't go want ahead. to give those guys airtime. Um, I didn't name names. So you're naming names. JR Garcia, a couple of years ago, he posted, I won't go to New Smyrna because it eats trucks. Yet, I looked up over in turn number one and two, and what happened to J.R. Garcia? At Auburndale, his truck got eight. J.R. So Garcia's raced trucks since the fast truck pros, I, the I fast know. car pro trucks. I went up and, and shook. He most. hasn't had the best of luck. He used to be really good. He's a good driver. He's fast. He's got a nice truck. I went and shook most of the, the truckers' hands that I could find before because we had enough time during that uh, – uh, intermission. I went up to shake his hand, and he was the only driver that was cold to me. Anyway, <laughs> I just um, kept walking. So, 
Oh my god, this person. Give up. You're a scammer. Go away. Um, but no, I just I find it funny that he would say these things, you know, I won't race my truck in New Smyrna because it eats trucks, but yet he was one of the trucks that received significant damage at Auburndale Speedway. It just proves, guys, that no matter where you go, no matter what truck it is, no matter what division you're racing, you can wreck hard anywhere. That's all that that's my whole point here. It's um, always the ones that talk the loudest online that don't don't say shit in person. Oh yeah. No, well, I, I, I didn't expect him to say anything, but I just find it funny. I got called a bitch for no reason at all on Saturday. It's because you're on the show. I mean, it's How probably because I exist. I'm a lot like Steve Dorr, except I give people <laughs> a reason not to like me. Well, you, you're outspoken and you speak your mind, and I think a lot of people, some might call you a sorry, bitch, but sorry, a lot guys. of people are going to appreciate that. I am so. indeed a Steve Dorr fan. You can kiss my yeah. ass for it. It's because he sells our fuel cells. Exactly. There it is. The That's truth why. comes out. So, uh, really, uh, two great races by the Pro Trucks, and I enjoyed them. Um, let's get to... I just want to make sure I covered everything. Scramblers, Pure Stocks, Amons, Supers, Supers, Mini Cups. Yes, we did it all. So, <laughs> let's go to the race that happened... The race that happened on Sunday. <laughs> Because as Margo alluded to, do you to, have any crazy names in this one? Because um, you know how you always find the crazy name like this week. It's not a crazy name, but you said your favorite name was Sequoia. Yeah. So you know how there's like who is it, Buckshot or something like that? Mexner, yeah. Yeah. So and I always make jokes when you do around the state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Austin just sent me something that somebody well, named, normally by the time I do around the state, I've had like three beers. Somebody so named their children Hook and Cast. That's basketball player names. Hook and Oh, cast. I was going to say this must be Fisherman. Bronson Basketball. Basketball. I've been around Robin Colleen God, too long. New York is showing. Boston. Bronson Basketball. Don't start. Cast and Hook. That sounds like Fisherman. I'm done. That's Proceed. Okay, so let's talk about this Crown Vic race. It was the last race of the night. It was after midnight. God, was it after one? Yes. Yeah. So, um, again, the charity race ended up being a two-day show, um, if you want to spin it that way. I looked at Steve when the Crown Vicks came out, and they had 21 of them. And I looked at him and said, let's just have fun with this one. And we did. And some people might listen back to the video and be like, oh, my God, those announcers are assholes. Y'all are annoying as shit. My God, we should really mute you. (laughs) Listen, we were just playing around, having a good time. So... The big my, thing. my favorite was you and Steve making dad jokes oh, and yeah. Matt just on my other side giggling. Mm-hmm. Oh, Matt was I loved it. Matt like, was I, cracking up. I Matt could was tell when it. it was a good joke because not only was I laughing, but Matt, Matt was, was losing giggling. it. Yes. And, and look, we, we saved all the jokes, all the dad jokes for the end of the show. Um, probably because we were at our wits end and because maybe we're going just a little bit crazy because we're both old. But um, literally just trying to have fun. There's, you know, half the half the grandstands have left. There's only the diehards left. So we were having fun. Situation happened about halfway through the race. Mike Pitts in the 17 made a move uh, to the inside of the racetrack, picked up three or four spots on a restart. Second time he'd made this move. And Ryan's best commentary has ever began. Some of my best. But these are the kind of moments where I feel like I shine in the right moment. Um, 
so he is called on the radio like, hey, you owe me five spots for jumping the restart. And I let it go. You know, the race director let it go the first time. Second time it happened, he called him back. So Mike Pitts decides to drive the wrong way around the racetrack, stop at the flag stand, and he starts mouthing off to in the direction of the flagman. Now, he claims it was at the direction of the tower because they were making it up as they went along. But, it, you know, I don't know Auburndale's in and outs, but I do know that as at every racetrack, the race director has final say. And, you know, if you do something to the ire of the race director, especially at 1 o'clock in the morning, he might, you know, penalize you, which is what happened. And then he mouthed off and flipped off the flag man, and Julian turns around and goes, he's disqualified, I'm done with him. So, and here's the thing, I want to make it very clear. If you have watched that video, you will hear me jawing and saying like, oh, you know, you can't make that call on me. And then I'm kind of like, the flag man doesn't make the call. That was a pure joke. I was just trying to be entertaining in the moment. And if you don't understand that about me, then you don't know me. But Or you a hater. Or you a hater, and that's fine too. Uh, but if I gave you this. fuel, then great. I'm glad you had some fuel to your fire. But here's the problem. So a member of the Pitts family got on Facebook and uh, just just went off, said, you know, uh, it, it's sad people out there talking shit. Um, the track made this call, blah, blah, blah. He sold more winning cars than anybody. Just, just because you're a part of the division and you may have built cars for people doesn't give you the right to just do whatever you want on the racetrack. Um, now, he's claiming there's a lack of correct calls. I can't, I, I, I'm not there every week, so I don't know, I don't know what they're, I tried to read through the rules there. They, the restart rules are not clearly defined as far as I can tell in the general procedures. So that to me leaves it at the discretion of the race director. And if the race director calls you back five spots and you have to go back five spots, that's the way it is. Um, but it's just funny that, that, a member of the Pitts family, not not Mike, by the way, not the driver who was penalized. It was another member of the Pitts family got on, online and, and wanted to go off on a uh, a post that had nothing to do with him. It had something to do with the flag man just being extremely aggravated. Um, but he says, you know, th this person goes into it and says, the lack of correct calls at this track is a problem one week. People can get away with murder the next week. They call the simplest of shit. Many drivers is about over the bullshit, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, racing is turning into a bunch of sissy ass men running to talk shit on Facebook. Biggest pussy move a man can make is to talk shit about another man on Facebook. Yet the only so is person- So he calling himself a- Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's the thing. I sent this to Tom because it, it happened about this race that me and Tom were talking about. And Tom goes, so, so is the- Guy calling himself the kettle and also calling himself That's black. The pot calling so the black. anyway, I, I just felt that I found that to be very interesting. Honestly, if it had stopped there, where where Mike Pitts got disqualified for John at the the race officials, I would have left it there and just kind of chalked it up to just a, a funny moment that that happened on track, and I took advantage of, of the moment and tried to be entertaining for the crowd because, A, that is my job. BRB, continue talking. <laughs> where it got... Where I lose all credibility to Mike Pitts, and I don't care that Mike Pitts may be related to somebody who works at the Speedway, and this does not at all represent this person that works at the Speedway, 
I'm sorry, if you come into the tower during a race and try to jaw at the announcers, no, sir, you're going to lose all credibility. So Mike Pitts, during the Crown Vic race, there was still a handful of laps to go in the Crown Vic race. He had been DQ'd, so he took the time to park his car in the pits, walk around, come to the tower. Now, Auburndale's tower, if you've never been there or if you're not familiar, it's two-tiered. In the lower tier, the front lower tier are the scores. In the upper higher tier are the announcers. That's where me and Steve and Matt were. This guy, and I saw him walking up, and I'm like, hmm, I wonder who that is. Now, I don't know everybody at Auburn Hill Speedway, but I had my feeling. Uh, I, I pretty much could tell. that I'm like, yeah, this is probably that guy in the 17. Sure enough, he walks in the tower, and he walks in and goes, y'all just making it up as you go along. And I said, you're not supposed to be in here. And he goes, well, y'all just making bad calls. And I said, sir, get out of the tower. You're not supposed to be in the tower. The race is still going on. And he goes, well, y'all make bad calls. And I'm like, that doesn't matter. Get out of the tower. And this guy said, well, I want to speak to whoever's in charge. And I'm like, well, you're in the wrong place. Get out of the tower. And finally, he leaves the tower and goes down and starts talking to the scorers. And, you know, I guess he was nicer to them, but to bust into the announce tower and want to discuss the call, we had nothing to do with that call. Now, if he wanted to be pissed off because we were making, you know, picking at him a little bit when he, when he parked in the front stretch, and I'm like, you know, oh, this guy's, oh, you can't call that on me, blah, 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 blah. I mean, I was just trying to be entertaining to the crowd that was still left at 1 o'clock in the morning and had nothing to do and meant nothing towards the actual driver. But when he wanted to come into the tower and go off, that's when I lost it. And and Steve, Steve like just pretended like the guy wasn't there. But I'm sorry, you don't come into the tower. I don't care who you are. I don't care what circumstance if you're coming to talk to the announcer. I don't care if you're coming to talk to the officials. You do not in any circumstance. And you know what? Auburndale can deal with it. I don't care what they do. But you wait until after the races to talk to the race director, to anybody about something that went down. Because if if he had impeded the scores during that race and they had gotten something wrong, then that creates a whole different can of worms. Sorry, you don't enter the tower and try to talk about a, a race or a situation while the race is still going on. So that, to me, gives Mike Pitts the Richard Cranium of the Week. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't like when they come into the tower. I, I think it's just stupid. It's unnecessary. There's now, no reason for you to be in the tower when there's a race going on. I, d- mm. If he had come up there and sat outside the tower and waited for the, the night to end and then speak to everybody, yeah. that's one thing. And that, the drivers, in my opinion, they have every right. Even yeah. if they're just like, can you give me clarification of why I was DQ'd or why he wanted me to call that? Now, Mike Pitt's behavior on the racetrack, flipping off officials is going to get him DQ'd. But, you know, if you're a racer and you're like, hey, I want to know why that call went against me because in my mind, I feel like I didn't do anything wrong. They have every right to come talk to the race director and get an explanation. Is it going to reverse every decision? No. No. But the racers have every right, and that's why I I like what Ralph does. He hangs around at the end of the night. Once the final checkered flag flies, he says, I'll be down by the bar for 30 minutes. So if you want to come talk about something, I'll be there. And he makes that clear in the driver's meeting. And that is completely fair but it's, it, we've had situations at New Smyrna where spotters have come into the tower during the race, and that's grounds for disqualification in New Smyrna. 
and I will, if, if anybody enters the tower going forward at New Smyrna, I will disqualify that driver because I have the power to add that to the points. Um, because it is made clear that the race director will speak to anybody that needs clarification after the races. But if you impede the progress of the event, that is grounds for DQ yeah. at New Smyrna. And, and I can enforce that. Um, at Auburndale, I don't know what their policy is, and I will let them handle it. I don't know if they're aware of the situation. I don't know if it's even that big a deal. But that guy came in the tower and was saying, we made bad calls when he was in the wrong place. And he came up afterwards and said, hey, I found the right person. I'm sorry. And I'm like... No, he kind of said that in a dickish way. Yeah, he's like, oh, oh, oh. I By thought- the way, I found out who it was. Like, yeah. as if yeah. we didn't know that he was yeah. sitting I'm right like, there. Well, and I said, well, don't come to the announcer's tower then because I, we're, I not, kinda, we're not the ones that made the call. I so. wish, like, my immediate reaction was, well, you'd know who's race directing if you were at the driver's but, meeting. But if he knows... If, if the person who works at the racetrack that knows this person that told me he knows that, that they know this person knows this person, then how does the person not know who they're looking for? Why would you step into the announce tower and be like, oh, you made the wrong call when you know who you're looking for? Because the person that told you she's related to them is kind of like nicking around, around who knows everything. Well, I'm not going to go there, but... I'm sorry, just... If if you're at the driver's meeting, I promise you, you're not coming up to the announcer's tower. Which one of you is making this call? Because it's not one of the three dumbasses with a microphone. And you know, I didn't go to the driver's meeting for Auburndale uh, this week. Was Rick Day down there? At the driver's meeting? So Okay, so if you were at the driver's meeting, then you should know who the race director is. By the way, there's my other oh-so-loving... Because it's it's more so of a joke. Uh-huh. My other Richard Cranium is Rick Day always pounds into everybody's head, and he did it during the driver's meeting. I don't like running around under yellow. I don't like running around under yellow. Meanwhile, forty eight hours later, <laughs> we stopped running around yeah. under yellow. There's a lot of cautions. There's a lot of carnage. There's a lot of crashes. There was a lot of downtime, but that was to be expected. The pits were full. It was a packed house for the charity race weekend. There are a lot of things you can nitpick and say, oh, this happened, this took too long, it was too long a night. But goddamn, for 50, <laughs> Jesus, for 50 50 to be over 1500 bucks to the winner, um, to see a good crowd at Auburndale, to see the pits jam packed, you can take anything that we've said and nitpick it to death in this podcast. But at the end of the day, what an event for charity. And I hope that you've listened to this entire thing and you get to this point. And if you got to this point and you message me, first person to message me, what a great event for charity. I Don't you, you dare tell them you'll give them something free that I have to make because I will nope, kick you in your nope. no-nos right now. I've got you a pit pass for Red Eye. One. 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 First person to message me that's not Kenny, that's not somebody that's already there. Damn. Margo, Kenny, Stephen. Stephen. Those people. Stephen better not be a red eye because that means Tom I have would, to. Tom would be the first. No, first one, person to message me. Stephen can't be a red eye. That means I have to go pick his stupid ass up and that ain't happening. The Margo taxi service Again, is shut down to everybody to that's me, not Tom. Great event for charity. We'll talk. <laughs> uh, but that's what it was and that's what it was meant to be. So yeah, some things happened on track, off track, in the tower, this and that. I really, really enjoyed the event. I think Auburndale has evolved this charity race. Um, There are definitely things to look at 
at this year's charity event that can be molded to make it better for next year. Um, I think going just scrap the heat, screw the heats. It's this should be a special event. Just do regular features. Um, you don't need to add the extra five laps. I think that actually takes away from the racing. And it just gets more people more <laughs> you time don't to wreck. Have to add the extra um, day. <laughs> well, if if the extra day was not planned, honey. <laughs> but uh, but no, this is a great event. They raise a lot of money for charity. Th- to see those moms crying when Kim introduced them uh, during the dissertations, that hit me in a different way. Because I know that if I was in that position, that I would be very thankful to see these people and know that just them being in the grandstands had already contributed to our cause and, and helped my family. So uh, just I, I want to thank everybody uh, all the racers, all the crews, the family members, the spectators, everybody that came out to work. They made this event possible. I want to thank everybody for doing that. And um, just, I really, I had a great time. I was so glad to be part of the charity event again. I hope to do it next year. Now, if Auburndale's like, hey, when you show up, uh, you, you make jokes that are, aren't, aren't our norm, so we don't want to have you anymore, that's up to them. <laughs> but I hope they can understand. I'm just trying to be entertaining and uh they you know whatever but i had a great time working with steve it was nice to meet matt and work with matt i'm glad you got to spot for jack i'm sorry your race got cut short in race number two but shit it seemed shitty situation i'm just kidding it seemed so like dawson goes why jack pull in i said because his truck broke he goes oh i thought he had to go potty it seemed like y'all had a good time we did I had a great time. It's always a lot of fun when I get to be on the mic for Jack. And I know I've said in the past that, you know, I, I don't have a favorite person to spot for, but I, I really do enjoy spotting for Jack because I, I know I'm going to get some message from him after I say this. I feel like his racing career in Florida with the truck is just starting to build. And I love being a part of it. Like, for somebody as passionate who's done all kinds of motorsports, he's had the hardest, like the lowest of lows, and he's starting to build back up. And I love getting to be a part of that. Well, I, I really hope that they continue with the trucks because I think they have a lot to prove. I look forward to oh, seeing what hear? they do in 2023. What? Yeah, Tormod. Stop it. Um, I forgot to mention, uh, Chris Rummel did win the Crown Vic race and the championship over at Auburndale. So congratulations to him. Uh, Sean Osteen, second chance. Saucerman had a great run in third place. Craig Huzon was fourth. Tyler Carlbert, fifth. Keith Zavril was sixth. Kyle Case, seventh. Corey Butler, Brian Pitts, Terry Pitts, and our good buddy, old Chuck Rush. Coming out back. Top Coming back 11. From a flat tire. Chuck Rush had, what, a flat tire on lap one. Yeah. Cuts around. Till they got a caution. Shout out to the best pit crew ever. Got a new tire. CJ and Aaron and Jack. All the new Smyrna guys. They they uh, they teamed together to get him back out there. And Jimmy McLeod of Smoke finished in sixteenth. Uh, there you go. Can that I tell you the only thing that would have been better of, about Auburndale on Saturday? So we had like our little group of friends that we love from New Smyrna. Yeah. If I could have had me some brothers Bromley. Yeah. That would have been nice. And Daniel Monroe. No. Brandon, Brandon Monroe. Monroe. Yeah. And maybe even some Dustin Higdon. Jim like, Snyder would have been cool. Maybe even some Dustin Higdon. Jim Snyder. It would have been great. Like, then I would have felt like, okay, I'm back. I'm back. Well, hopefully we'll have that on Red Eye. I'm looking forward to that. 
Um, couple of things here before we wrap up. Uh, I promised on last week's show when the World Series total entries hit 80, I would post the official list. We are over halfway there. Um, if you've been following the Instrumental page, we've been putting out entries four or five a day during the weekdays, weekends. Sorry, I got a lot going on and I'm not on my computer. So typically entries won't go up on weekends, but weekdays I get four or five up. If you're following along, you've seen some of the entries released. I got some good ones in today. I'm up over 11 tour mods already, and it is December 13th. So we are like two months still away from Speed Weeks. I'm at 11. Yeah, seven 602s. I remember a couple of years ago, Margo, I think my first year of Speed Weeks, there was like 15 tour mods total. You remember when they had a down spell, right? Mm -hmm. And some people worked really hard to get the rules on point so that the... uh, you know, the wheeling cars could race the smart mods, could race the MRS cars, etc. Yeah. And now we get, then it got up to 20, and I got to 25, then I got over 30, and then last year it was 40. Now, will it probably be around 30? Probably. But to be at 11 tour mods already at, at December 13th, I'm proud of that. I, I'm proud of the work that goes into making that happen. I'm proud of the 602s, because uh, that whole thing, I mean, that is, it's almost like a side deal that gets to be added to World Series. And the people behind that work like extra full-time jobs to try to make that happen and have to do a lot of BS on the side to make it happen. Yes, we do. So to see that division, and and there are more coming than what's what's even entered. Um, Struggling a little bit on super late models. Uh, We do have a couple. Um, They have not been uh, posted yet, but we did a couple in. That's going to be the slowest growing Prolates are getting there, but I think there's no need to worry on the prolates. The late models normally don't start coming in until the new year. But then... When they get fixed from snowball derby. Yeah. Then January hits and February hits, they all start coming in. I, I think superlates... I think superlates are going to need some work going forward to get back into shape. But I think the prolates are going to uh, be the top late model division this year, and I don't mean that to be detrimental. I'm just being honest. Um, but I think it's going to be great. Um, 602s are going to be the, the marquee. I think 602s are going to turn. I love their format. The three races and then the championship race. God, I can't wait to call that. I'm super excited for yeah, that. Yeah, I hope. I'm glad you can't wait for it because you're going to have to keep up with the points. I'm glad I, I set it up on the website to be able to keep uh, track of everything very easily. Like I so. have my little notebook. Yep. And then I know, like, I told Rob, I'm like, look, if we do it this way, I tried to get him to do a milk if bowl you, style. If you go to the new Smyrna uh, website right now and click on the schedule, it's going to look a little bit different because you're going to see the World Series schedule. You got to click on see more to see all of it. And same thing with the regular season. I've split it up to where I can calculate speed weeks on its own and calculate the regular season on its own and do everything on the website. I spent 30 minutes a couple weeks ago with somebody from my race pass who was nice enough to take the time like under to, the schedule? Uh, to to make sure that I had done this correctly. Uh, under the schedule or under points? Under the schedule. The points haven't been points I haven't started see, yet. So. I see four World Series right. made four. And you gotta you gotta expand on it. Let me see it. Do I need to go into the fuel the full view? It's always recommended. The mobile version of the website kind of is iffy. But there are two separate schedules. There's World Series and there's the regular New Smyrna schedule, which allows me to calculate two separate oh, groups of points. Schedule. Yep. 
and then you can actually like see more or expand or whatever. Uh, details? Detail. Uh, let me see. Let me see your phone. We'll do this live. I have my own phone. But I'm very confused. I'm sorry. I don't see see more. I see. Uh, okay, so I'm on a desktop here. So I'm going to go to newsmornaspeedway.org. Pull up the website. Do you know, every time I go to the website, I still type newsmornaspeedwayusa.com. If, I, if you click, okay, so right now. Dot boots. Okay, it's, I'm sorry. It's not see more, it's view all. If you're on a desktop and you go to the schedule at New Smyrna, you're going to see the first handful of events oh, for the regular season. Oh, I see that. And then World Series of Asphalt schedule. It'll show you the first four dates, and you think, oh, that's it? But then if you click View All, you can expand it, and you'll see all of the dates, and there will be more details coming no, soon. I only see Red Eye Open Practice, Red Eye 50-50. That's for the Driver regular season. Awards, but World Series is below right. that. You're right. Yep. I, I clicked the wrong one. Mm-hmm. You want to you want you want to get me on record saying that one more? Yeah, time? Yeah, it's it's on record. You're right. But anyways, that's what's going on with New Smyrna. Red Eye entries continue to come in. Again, Red Eye is Red Eye entries are coming out after Christmas when I get home from family stuff. World Series entry list, no matter what it looks like, is coming out once I hit 80 entries, and I will post it. I don't care if that is tomorrow. I don't care if that is December 20th. I don't care if that's December 31st. But when I have 80 entries and we're, all, we're over halfway there, so keep them coming in. And I'm counting bombers. I'm counting 602s. I'm counting everything. Uh, ground pounders. Uh, uh, whatever the hell else is super stocks. You mod shouldn't minis. be getting any ground pounder entries. For what? For World, For World Series? Series? Why not? They're going through me. They don't pay anything. Ground pounders? They're going through me. Well, go through Margo or go through the website. Just kidding. I'm not even going to be there for the ground pounder race. So, anyways, that's what's going on there. Um, Last thing I want to touch on before we let everybody go. And uh, what? What? Can I touch on one thing? Yes. I'm not allowed to give another Richard Cranium, but can I touch on it? Yes, what? Don't try to put a 10-inch tire on a 15-inch wheel, you retards. Okay. Um... (laughs) So last thing I want to talk about is social media. Oh, see this? See? See? Damn sure don't put it on social media and tell me you're getting a Hoosier involved. So social media can be very good and it can be very bad. I honestly believe that the people rallying together, now it's not all social media, but I think the group that purchased or that had won initially the bid for 417 Southern Speedway to then turn it into a fairground, they felt the pressure from y'all on social media. Everybody that got together and said, hey, we don't want our racetrack being bulldozed. That shows to me... Now, I get it. There's a lot more above and beyond social media, but I think the rally cries from social media got to this group, put the pressure on this group, they decided, hey, this probably is not the best course of action if we're going to be successful because we're hearing about how so many people are not going to support our plans for this facility. The race community is so strong that when we band together to do good on social media, good things happen. But the opposite can be said when we get on social media 
for the negative. And I am not, I am not scot free on this. I have, I have made plenty of disparaging comments and been plenty negative myself. And I need to be better about that because it's very easy to, to disagree with something and try to be negative. But just think about it. When you have a call go against you, when you have a bad night at a racetrack, you're going to have bad nights. Any You can go race full-time at Citrus, Auburndale, 417 Showtime. You're going to have a bad night there eventually. You go to New Smyrna, you're going to have a bad night there eventually. You're going to have a call go against you. Yes. A bad night at the racetrack is better than a good day at work. Sorry. Goddamn right. And here's the thing. I'm glad I work for somebody where that's acceptable to say. You know, you're 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 gonna have a bad night. You're gonna your car's gonna screw up. You're gonna get wrecked. You're gonna have a call go against you. The worst thing you could do is go on there and say how bad the track is or complain about it. The best thing you can do is just shut up. Same goes for me. I I I did a podcast that I put out last year that I'm not proud of. I was frustrated because I felt like my efforts were for naught. And I was like, what's the point? And I regret that podcast. I should never put it out. But I did. And I'm not going to take it down. It's out there. I think the best thing we can do as race fans, and you know what? If you put more effort into your home track versus any other place, that's completely acceptable. But when something bad happens... It just, it, just keep it off Facebook. You know, bring it up to the powers that be. Um, private messages. Uh, I have people message me all the time about stuff. And, and even though I might not have the solution or, or be able to give them the answer they want, I can at least talk to them. Uh, or, or they can at least talk to me and feel better about them. I, I had somebody who feels a certain way about the track and the conditions right now and thinks they should have done this and should have done that and said, hey, I'm not going to put this publicly because I don't feel like that is the best way to get this done, but I wanted to let you all know how I feel, and that I respect. What I saw on social media about Save Our Speedway, Save 417, and I ain't got skin in the game down there. I go down there once a year, but seeing another racetrack lost is a bad thing for the whole of racing, for all of racing in the community. So, when you want to get on there and bash a racetrack, or bash a driver, or bash an employee think about it a little bit a little bit more because that track goes away then the next track goes away and you're left with nothing so let's try to be a little bit more positive and let's celebrate and rejoice that maybe just maybe one of our tracks are saved it may not be exactly the same next year going forward for 417 but it sounds like that group that that now has the lease is going to try to run actual races there and, and expand upon the property and turn yeah. it into more than it even is. And Motor Bros has done some really good things with motocross racing. I can't remember if they're the ones that signed and got the whole gator back motocross park brought back to life. Sorry. But I have seen some of their stuff that they've gotten back, like they've bought, they've taken over, and it's just grown. Um, my friend Kayla, that lives right by New Smyrna, her dad is huge into motocross racing. Mm-hmm. So he he's he's pretty involved in it. Like even he was sharing 
the stuff about Motor Bros wanting to get the the contract, and he shared that you know they saved four seventeen because while he's big into motocross and he races motocross and he's into that, he also used to race pure stocks in New Smyrna or street stock what super stocks. Interesting. He ran street stocks at Volusia. Like he's big into supporting local racing. So when he saw that Motor Bros had put in a bid on it, he's like, This'll be great for him. This'll be great for him. And then when they didn't get it, smugglers did. Um when I saw that smugglers won the bid, I was kinda like, Yeah, this isn't gonna go through. It's it's not gonna happen. Well, I'm I'm glad it, even if the racing season is different over at four seventeen some racing is better than the place being demolished. And if that means that I can go to the big league again next year, then great. And if it means that maybe I can go down there more, then great. Um, my, my whole point is, now, I, I say all this, and it doesn't mean that I'm not going to steer away from criticizing things that happen on the racetrack. Like if somebody makes a fool of themselves, a la Pitts at Armandale last week, I'm going to talk about it, but it's it's it ends at the racetrack. This is what happened on the racetrack. I'm talking about what happened on the racetrack. And if they want to make it a personal thing, then so be it. But I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to say, oh, Mike Pitts is a bad person. He just did something silly on the racetrack. So we talked about it. Um, that's where it, it goes on this show. And um, I'm not going to uh, attack somebody's character. Now, do I have to use examples sometimes? Yes, but it's not a character situation. So anyway, again, if you've made it this far, message me that that keyword that I talked about got you a free pit pass for Red Eye. That is courtesy of myself. And um, yeah, looking forward to Red Eye. Looking forward to the World Series. Again, uh, next week, we're going to have a special show. We'll have the first ever Racing with Ryan's um, Racing with Ryan's, Racing with Ryan podcast award show, and that should be fun. What are what are some of the uh, categories on there? Do you remember what I used to do in the hot lap? Well, yes, obviously. I sat here for six hours making CJ Creech a damn sash right. that he tried to burn. Tried to, anyways. So it, it'll be similar to that. Um, I have that old uh, sheet on my computer. I'm going to revamp it a little bit. I'm going to give a sheet to Margo. I'm Tomorrow, I need like. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm gonna work on that. Margo will have a sheet. I'll have a sheet. I'm gonna put out uh, fans' choice awards, where the fans can vote on awards that they would like us to talk about, and we'll can, do that. Can so. we have Austin give like his own set of awards because like he's my other favorite co-host? On hey, this. if he wants to do it and send it in, I know he's pretty busy. In. I know he's busy with. Yeah, like, he's got school and shit, but school and shit. Yeah. He's got fi- No, he should have finals this week. I'm I'm gonna get with him. Well, that's what the show's gonna be next week. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a Dawson whole will different be here. Take. We should throw in a couple little awards for Dawson. He, he should he he'll have some. fun with that. So that's what's gonna happen next week. Uh then we're gonna take the rest of the year off with, with Christmas and then we'll be <laughs> the back rest after, of the year. The which whole is like week. a week. Yeah. And then we'll be back after the holiday red eye preview. We'll get you up to speed on what's going on. Um the First edition of the 2023 Hot Lap will be back on the New Smyrna Facebook page because I need to engage with the audience there. Um, so, yeah, a lot coming up. Very excited. Are uh, you hiring a babysitter for you to... Payne's <laughs> going to be my co-host. Okay, good. So, um, yeah, 
So, so uh, really a, a great charity race weekend. I think they raised a lot of money for the Cars Racing for a Dream charity. Um, I had a good time. It, I think you had a good time. It was a good day. As exhausted as right. I was, we were as ready, ready to get the hell out of there. I was to go home. Like I was there with a kid strapped to me with one chase and other like. At, at some point, I looked at somebody. I was like, I feel like I'm running a damn daycare because I had five kids. So we make it out. But it was so fun. The, the, it's such a good event. The event's complete. We finally get out of there. We go to the car. We're driving away. And Marco's like, "We." Tom rode with us. And Marco goes, I'm sorry. It smells like Peyton's shitty diaper in here. And I'm like, whatever. We keep driving. Tell us about how shitty the car ride was, Marco. I stepped in dog shit. <laughs> Not only did I step in dog shit, Tom's going to listen to this and feel like crap. <laughs> Tom stepped in dog shit. And I only know this because I went to go, I only know that Tom stepped into it because I went to go grab my hoodie out of the car the other day. And I always, before work, I throw my stuff in the, the middle passenger seat. Yeah. There's poop in my floorboards <laughs> where Tom was sitting. And then there's poop in my floorboards where I was sitting. So somebody brought the do- their damn dog to the racetrack, took it for a walk, and let it shit right next to my car and didn't think to... Be- like, I'm sorry, that's my biggest pet peeve. If we take Gordy around the block, I have a bag to pick up his shit. It's pretty disrespectful. It's probably somebody that hates us, but... <laughs> it was CJ. <laughs> it was CJ, probably. Well, that's like uh, Michael Say goes. How do you how do you know it was a dog? I'm like, well, you know, as many haters as we've got on the podcast, I would not be surprised. But if you're a human and your shit looks like that, you have a problem. Please go see a doctor. Imagine Scooby Doo just going over near our car. And anyway, <laughs> it took me a minute. Yep, yep, yep. But seriously, if you're taking your dog to the racetrack or even your kids, like, be a decent human and pick up after them. Yep, so there's our PSA for the week. I don't I don't leave Peyton's shitty diapers just laying around mainly cuz I haven't changed like but 3 in her life. <laughs> but I don't leave her shitty diapers laying around. Don't leave your doggy doo-doo next to my Durango. <laughs> so yeah, that's how we we ended our night. We had to get that in there. Anyway, please sponsor us so I can get my car detailed. Uh, seriously, uh thank you to all of our sponsors. Any um sponsorships that have run out uh, we've had a couple over the last couple weeks. I'm going to let those continue through the end of the year, and then if you choose to Wait, renew for, uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna air that out. Uh, it's not Rondellis on. Ron um, no, he's no. Uh, but I will get with you after the new year if you'd like to continue sponsoring the podcast going forward. Then we will settle. If not, and if not, we <laughs> bye. I'm just no, kidding. I'm if kidding. not, I understand. Uh, but if you are interested in joining the program, five dollars an episode. Everybody and anything is welcome. Five dollars an episode. You name your price, basically, and I divide it by five. Give you the episodes and usually bonus episodes uh, because we're generous and we appreciate uh, our listeners and our sponsors here. Or, or if you're somebody like our friends over at Sweet Southern Apparel, it's a backwards sponsorship. <laughs> I give you my money and also some promotion. If you're looking for custom T-shirts, well, we, hey, we we also do some business to business deals. It, that happens as well. Um, you just cut me off in the middle of Sadie's little like. I'm sorry. I thought you were done. Sorry. If you want some custom made T-shirts, go check out Sweet Southern Apparel LLC on Facebook. 
uh, the shop app, not Shopify, shop, uh, mostly Facebook. Check her out. Their shirts are amazing. They do custom work, but go buy some stuff that she's got in stock. It's 25% off right now, and I really don't need to spend any more money on shirts, but I'm going to because it's, it's amazing. I'm not saying I'm addicted, but I'm not. I'm also not saying I don't have three shirts expected to be delivered tomorrow. Well, there you go. What a year it's been. Uh, a lot of great racing we've been able to be a part of. I'm tired, and I'm a not lot... going to have time to sleep before the next one starts. <laughs> a lot of great uh, racing action, period. Um, what an adventure this year has been. Um, we thought we had a track closed. We just got one potentially back. Um, let's keep up some good momentum going forward. Let's have a great 2023. I know uh, Citrus County is in action next week, so we'll we'll uh, maybe <gasps> at the end of the awards talk a little bit about that. Um, maybe, uh, maybe. We'll, we'll we'll go over the results next week after the awards. Um, maybe we'll get our friend on. Yeah, and uh, so that's what's coming up. Uh, it's been a really really fun year, despite some of the challenges and the things that have happened. Um, but man, we've had a lot of great opportunities and, uh, man, the show, I'm so glad the show has come back and, uh, so glad it's been well-received for the most part. Um, thank you to everybody who has listened. Thank you to everybody who has shared. Thank you to everybody who's recommended us because that actually does happen. So. Everybody who's bought stickers and stickers, t-shirts yeah. and hats, Doug, Sammy, and I've got your hat coming. Uh, stickers and t-shirts, honestly, people, I know if anybody wants to order them, the whole reason I am saying go buy stuff from Sweet Southern Apparel, I might just kind of shift over to having her do the t-shirts for us. I have no time. Yeah. Stickers, that's pretty easy for me. Just give me a couple days. Hats, I can still make the hats as long as you We need like a me. month notice though. Yeah, I just I I need a couple of weeks because they are I am so busy with work, it takes time. Uh, Speedway video I might get with Sadie to make some shirts on that stuff too, but it would be you guys paying me and me paying her, and it'll all be figured out before the new year hopefully. Yep. So, her quality is a lot better than what I can do. That's that's all I'm going to say. Same pricing. She does a lot better than I can do. So again, that's uh, that's what's going on here, and we really uh, just reading uh, just reading from Speedway video. Oh, yeah, I uh, saw that because Auburndale keeps sharing yeah, his stuff. Yeah, that that's that's real cool. Uh, we we'll do some more stuff with Speedway video. Um, while we will not be doing a full show the week of Christmas, there still may be some content coming out, but. Again, uh, Ratcast race, part two. No, if there's a Ratcast, Rat two, Ratcast part two, please kill me. Uh, no, I'll just uh, burn the house down. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to our sponsors. Uh, thank you to everybody. And, uh, Except that one. We'll talk to you next week with the awards. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Merry Christmas. Yeah, filthy animal. Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the? Time?